Well, y'all should be careful. I'm in a pretty sour mood today. So oh, no. I might be not one to mess with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm holding up my fists. John, like, John, is, John is just like the Wu-Tang Clan. He ain't nothing to fuck with. Look, we're all people who play video games. I don't want us, any of us to pretend that, hey, mister, you give me trouble getting fisticuffs. If, somebody, if one of us tried to throw a punch, we'd get our fucking hands broken. <laughs> Every single one of us. We'd just get embarrassed. We're all, we could be emasculated at the drop of a hat. Live from Michael Jordan's right nipple, it's the Soxcast, episode 28. My mind is the ugliest part of my body, and I am your host, Polly. And to my immediate virtual right, he won't go for no more great Midwestern hardware stores. It's Rhett. Hi. How you, how's it going, Rhett? Thinking about blowing shit up in Saints Row. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> was it cold for you there today? Yeah, pretty cold. Because holy fuck, I went out in a skirt and short sleeves and immediately regretted the decision but was too lazy to change my mind yeah the weather has been up and down this week it, it, it rained it for like, like it, 90 to 60 in like a day it, it rained for i want to say the first time in eight years uh, <laughs> or or what felt like uh eight years anyway and it was just kind of i guess surprising is all so i figured like what would weather be like because it's always 10 times shittier there than it is here. Oh. So I was just I was I was just curious about that. Are you ready yep. for a podcast? Sorta. Okay. Woo. Yeah. Woo! That's the excitement we're looking for. It's the kind of hype levels we keep here <laughs> on your your, your user friendly socks cast. To my immediate virtual right left? No, it's to my immediate virtual left. I am the host of the show and I've already forgotten how I do my own show. Uh, to my immediate virtual left, he is the owner of his very own pair of Modagogo stretch elastic pants. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm uh, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm doing. I took I took I took a See, four I hour. Just I just stripped. I just inverted the whole host, um, secondary host relationship there. Did you like that? Is this kind of yeah? You know what? Maybe maybe we'll let you host from now on. Cool. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm lying. I would never <laughs> let you host this thing because it would Aww. never get it would never get done. Oh. You'd be too busy making tea, the whole time. Mm. Guys, we have a special guest. We do. Yes. Do we? Yeah, we do. We have we have a guy. We have a guy who I've never actually spoken to before tonight. But I was just like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm going to invite this random person that I've never ever spoken to on our podcast and see if they want to come on." But uh, I'm a huge fan of his let's plays. Uh, I think he's just fucking hilarious. Uh, he always makes me giggle. Um, on the hamper seat today, we have. Samurai Karasu! Thank you for saying that name, because uh, I said it once when I was 16, and it was really cool. And then uh, <laughs> then I got older, and I was like, holy shit, am I allowed to change this? And as it turns out, you're not. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I was like, I was I, I was 10 years into the using the internet, and then adopted the poly moniker, so... There, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet you there are... Like, my, my username is... 
the most stretched out version of triple X <laughs> SSJ Sephiroth 420 that you can get. Um, so I typed Chromania into a username registration form when I was 12 in on RuneScape.com, and I think that's <laughs> oh, it's man. all come on, come back from there. And he's 16 now, so. <laughs> <laughs> John never grows up. We will never let him grow, grow up. He's the only part of this, of this... Anna took the name when we got married, so she's Anna Chronomaniac now. Oh, God. That sounds dreadful, actually. Anna Chronomaniac? Eh. It doesn't roll off the tongue very now, well. Now, does that denote that you're, like, insane about time, or time has driven you insane? It means I, I really like Chrono Trigger. That's significantly worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Not about the game. Not about the game. Like Chrono Trigger is probably really fine. like Chrono Trigger. <laughs> that's and that's I really problem. really like Chrono Trigger when I was twelve. <laughs> so I but like spell it C R instead of C R. Oh wait, I'm that's because C-H. when I was a kid, I thought it was spelled C R O N O Trigger. Oh fuck! I I know <laughs> so that's even better. I, I like we got many layers going on here. I really like the anime Yu Yu Hakusho, and I chose to name myself currently after the character who was most definitely gay, because I guess that was lost on me as a child. <laughs> and, um, but before that, I named myself after a guy who uh, used ice called Toya, which is T-O-U-Y-A, and I forgot how it was spelled, so I, <laughs> I did it first as T O. Y-O-U <laughs> so it was to U <laughs> and I messaged a friend of mine who's a fan of the show he's like so what's that name supposed to be I'm like don't you get it I'm the master Toya and he goes no you're not <laughs> you're the master of Valentine's Day <laughs> yeah you dick what are you talking about you're to U get out of my face with that shit nerd hey I'll tell you what my very first username was, even before Chronomaniac. Uh-oh. It was for a Mega Man fan site forum. My Oops. username was John Spencer Thire. Wow. That's... Yep. Okay. I like Mega I wasn't Man. Fully, I wasn't fully familiar with um, internet safety at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is at this point. Yeah, no. Like eight years yeah. old. That's true. I was, ahead of my, I was ahead of the curve. I feel like even now, like... Even looking back on that beforehand, it's like, oh, well, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, oh, it's just going to get forgotten. And now, it definitely isn't. And it's a constant horror. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, what if somebody digs up my old posts on fucking animejizzlords.web or whatever? Typing now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they might have changed hands. (laughs) That, that domain might have changed. It stopped being a Yu-Gi-Oh fan site. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Mr. Samurai Karasu, since you are the newest uh, kind of p- person that's been on uh, this dumb little show we do, why don't you give us a little background? Who the hell are you and what do you do? Okay, um... Oh, jeez, you're putting me on the spot. I play video games that are really old. Whoa! (laughs) I know. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on to your socks. Never heard this one before. (laughs) Now, these video games, I feel like, I liked them not necessarily just now, but when I was a kid, too. So, 
I thought, here's the crazy part, I could play them and talk about them for other people to enjoy and give me a weekly average of 85 views. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out, PewDiePie. Oh, I'm I'm on his tail. (laughs) I'm one rape joke away from making YouTube bucks. Just pour it on out. Let's go. Put on the fucking syrup. These pancakes are getting juicy. I, no, like, I, I I, I, like to play games. I don't know. I like to talk about it. I just kind of like being silly and goofy. And I don't know. It, it sort of... At one point, it started because during the summer, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm bored. What if I played Mega Man? A game which, by the way, I wasn't, like, playing when I was a youngster. I played it for the first time when I was, like, 15. <laughs> and so I can't even be like, well, it has special value to me. I played it when I was 15. I was like, this yellow devil's bullshit. I'm going to school. <laughs> and there we go. That's my legacy. The, the games that I liked as a kid varied between garbage I rented from the video store and um, games that my parents bought me that they thought would be good, but I played for like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is too hard. And then I gave up and... That's that's a that's a pretty accurate summary of how my life's gone. And <laughs> you went back to <laughs> playing with your action figures. Yes. Somebody should do figure like 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 let's plays, but in action figure form. But with playing with their action. Yeah, figures. yeah. Just cut out the middleman and show people just how sad it really is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Rhett to drag his uh, his anime figure collection out, and he can be like, "Oh, Ugu Chan, oh." <laughs> Oh, I don't have an anime figure collection. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pull shit and fall back in it. You are we dick just... in one of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> we we know who we are. We Ryan, and I you're, almost you're... bought an EB. Not to put our dick in, but Look, whatever. Your collective dick. You don't buy an EV not to fuck it. Let's let's get right down to brass tacks. If you've got if you've got an EV plush, yeah, you've you've had a dick in that thing. Trust me. If you got an EV plush, you're buying a knife to cut a hole in it, or it's coming pre-cut. There are two things you buy pre-cut: EVs or cocaine. (laughs) So that's (laughs) it. See, this is what you come. This is what you come to this podcast for. <laughs> Pure class. Pure fucking class. You no, know, I forgot to ask beforehand. So you guys keep this pretty generally like PG. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so if you did, so if, if that were the case, thank you to uh, twenty minutes of radio blackout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly not talking about Rhett's dick every week. Well, I feel like that's why you guys haven't taken off. <laughs> there's, there's gold in them there, Hills. There's gold in them there, reticles. <laughs> the, the term reticles was not coined by me. It was coined by Chelsea. So. That's, what, that's what Rhett likes to call his testicles. He just, he, just, he just phoned us up one day and was like, guys, I've made a life decision. I've made a, a poor life decision. <laughs> as I feel off. most of us have. If you're on this podcast, you've made a bad, bad choice somewhere, and God is punishing you. <laughs> you you went scissors when you should have went paper somewhere <laughs> real fierce. You know, I've got a crazy story. 
I also call my testicles something. Oh. You wanna, uh, it's called testicles, because I'm not a sociopath that names my genitals. <laughs> John Wayne Gacy shit over here. You kidding me with that? It's terrifying. I told a girl, like, oh, you're going to get a taste of this. What? It's a dick. Don't be weird about this. Sex is weird enough. Don't give me a pet that I have to name. Do I have to feed and take care of it as well? Yeah. Oh, boy, do you have to feed him, too. <laughs> Jesus. So... All right, I'm sorry. So... Else, yeah. So, um... So you got into Let's Playing. Was there anybody that, like, inspired you to do so, or was it just literally, I'm bored and I want to play this game and talk Boy, over howdy, it? are you ready for the most boring answer you've ever gotten on this show? Let me hear it. Not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, um, I watched a guy named Cybershell who did Sonic the Hedgehog, and I was like, this guy's funny. I'll bet I could do this, but worse. <laughs> and, um... I also watched a guy on Something Awful named Envisioned who did Crash Bandicoot, mm -hmm. and he also did things well. And I, again, I took that, mo I took that, and my mantra was, I can't do this a lot worse, and I think I've lived <laughs> up to that. <laughs> well, that, like, that inspiration that you took actually, you know, inspired me as well. Like, from having watched you, I was like, I bet I can do that. It seems easy enough if this Joker can do it. Exactly. I feel like I've inspired people. If this fucking putz can do it, how hard can it be? And I think that's the legacy I'd like to leave. It's, this chump could do something. It can't be that tricky. I think that the, the, you need to actually have the word putz on your gravestone, because I think that would be a great word to have on a gravestone. You see, that's the problem, is my name is actually Putz Putzerson. And oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. It, it's uncomfortable, because, I, I mean, I can't tell people that name without them thinking it's a joke, but I just have to look them dead in the eye and say, I'm sorry. That's yes. who I am. It's who I was born with. God. I, I better bleep your name out. I don't want you getting doxxed over this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We found the one Putz Putzerson. He lives in Romania. I was born a Putz, and I'll die a Putz. <laughs> That's what, his, that's what his pappy always told him. Yeah. Son, you were born to putz and you're gonna die putz. Just like your great uncle putz. <laughs> my uncle who fucked my mom and made <laughs> putz. But I had to keep the name. That was in the family tree. It's a contract you have to sign when you pop out. <laughs> With my little baby hand. Yeah, you just kind of have to scribble. They grab you as soon as you're out there, and it's just like, whatever you write down, that's that's your signature. You actually have to copy that and for the thanks rest of your life. My handwriting hasn't improved since I was an infant with no motor skills, so it worked <laughs> out. I had to sign my sister's name on a, on a, uh, in the gas station the other day when I went on a beer run, and I forgot how to do, like, half of her name, half of the letters in her name in cursive. So it was just... <laughs> Scribbletown, USA. You know what? I found out that, like, when you have to sign your name for shit, like, on a check or on a receipt or anything, they don't fucking check that sh I've drawn a truck as my signature before, <laughs> and I still have the goddamn canceled check to prove it that they <laughs> took it. It doesn't Wait, matter what you write there. We, like, tried to cancel a check where I'd signed it on Anna's book on accident, and... Like, it, it had gone through, and we really didn't want it to. 
like, all I know is that she drank that beer, and I drank the Gatorade that I bought with her, her card. So, like, I mean, if they want to try and cancel it, good fucking luck. Because, look, it's in our guts now. <laughs> try and do something about it, chumps. I imagine it's long past the gut phase. It, not yet, because it was only, like, a couple days ago. I, look, I don't know how it, I don't know how digestion works. I play video games for a reason, and it sure ain't to learn things. It's not to and learn about the urinary tract. Goodness, no. That's no. what doctors are for, and get paid substantial amounts of money, I've heard. But you're making all them YouTube bucks. I am. I checked the other day. I got uh, my uh, earnings in. I'm making a cool 411. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's that's the start of a 401k. The, yeah, yeah. That's the, You put that back for your hopefully kids someday. God, not certainly not. There's no hopefully about it. I will not have kids. <laughs> like let's 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 put the fucking nose to the grindstone here, boys. I I play video games. I don't talk to 3D women. <laughs> They're just a distraction. How are you gonna get 86 views <laughs> with women on your nuts? <laughs> it's absurd. Who could believe in such silliness? <laughs> So, do you know the best part is there's probably someone who said that sentence entirely <laughs> sincerely. Without and if, a single shred of irony. No, and I want to meet that person and put a bullet in their head, not for my edification, but for them, because they need that in their life to <laughs> just die. 40 weeks a week. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, uh, before we were recorderizing this little podcast here and going completely off the rails, um, you mentioned... And then we continued to go and off the rails. And then we continued rails. veering Sorry. further and further. No, th- trust me, we, we love going off the rails around here because it just means that we have to think about our own shitty lives even less. <laughs> well, I'm here to make sure that that does not happen. This is shit live live this week. <laughs> And that's why nobody likes John, because he likes his life. <laughs> what a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, you were, you were talking earlier about uh, cleaning out that old PS3 backlog. Uh, how's that going? Well, I played this game that I think I'm going to be able to get some people talking about, and it's it's incredible, and I just... I, it's a really new game. It's called The Last of Us. Mm. And I don't know oh. if anyone's heard of it yet. I just don't see enough buzz about it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those little uh, hit indie darlings you're hearing about uh, more so, and more recently. I hear so many people use the phrase hidden gems, and I think it can only describe The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that game's pretty rad. We actually did like a three and a half hour spoiler cast on that game. Uh, was, uh, that game is fantastic. Yeah, we haven't done that by very many games. Yeah, we don't dedicate a single episode to many games. We got like Dark Souls, we hit that one out of the park. Dark Souls, Majora's Mask, and Last of Us. Yeah, those are the only three we've actually done full episodes on. So how are you finding The Last of Us? I found it great. I finished it actually not too long ago. 
and I at first I was thinking, well, there's no way I'm not going to give a shit about this story. Who could possibly? And then at the end cutscene, I I felt like someone had just slammed a two by four in my stomach because it just hurt so hard. <laughs> that ending was fucking masterful. Yeah, they they knocked it out of the park, and like the, the the way that I like to describe that game to people is that a lot of people are like, "Oh, the game will take you to Feels City," and it's like, "No, <laughs> that's <laughs> okay." Whoever you're talking to that says that, tell them to get out of your life. <laughs> tell them to leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the way the way that I describe that game is like I never really felt like. Like I know that a lot of that game is sad and it's very downcast and it's 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 oppressive. But like the feeling I always had about any like major story point in that game was just, oh damn, oh it hurt. Yeah, and it's it, it, it it's not like the kind of hurt that you're like bawling your eyes yeah, out. Yeah, it's just this is what could realistically happen. This is what's really just painful this is what humanity could do if the shit went down and it fucking hurts yeah and it's just like the evolution of those two characters over the course of that you know actually it's a pretty short game you know like the amount of character development that happens just like through the gameplay and how they interact and through the uh through the cutscenes in the story it's just amazing how masterfully they pulled that whole thing together it's really well done. Because I think there have been so many stories told about like a surly guy being like, oh, I don't agree with that person. I'm not going to like them. And you're just like, okay, let's can we fucking spin our wheels here because I'm getting a little tired of it. I know exactly where we're going. But Last of Us played it well enough, and it let you as the player get charmed by Ellie so well. They didn't that, shove it in your face. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when she busted out a, a fucking dad joke book, I was like, yes. I'm, I'm all about this. <laughs> Which, I, I, like, that actually made me smile. And it was so, it was just endearing and sweet. And it's not like, it's not her fucking tending to a baby bird while singing to it. And I'm just sitting there jerking off waiting for the cutscene to end because <laughs> it's boring. It's, it's her being a human being. Someone who, like, you can relate to. Someone who's funny. Someone who's interesting. Someone who, like, takes who steals a gay porn magazine <laughs> and makes fun of it for being jizzy. Like, that's <laughs> humanity to me. You know, some, you know somebody like that. We all are someone like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Down, I hope. I would feel that way. She's a super, <laughs> she's a super relatable character. Um, and I think that, like... Uh, I don't know if you played uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead or not. I've I've heard amazing things about it, uh, and I think that they have they have a character that has a pretty similar relationship with a dude, um, and she evolves kind of differently. Uh, and I feel that while I love the hell out of that game, I still feel that there's a little manipulation going on where it feels like they definitely want me to be feeling a certain way. Whereas it's a ploy. The, yeah, whereas The Last of Us, it felt very natural. Uh, my reactions to both Joel and Ellie felt very natural and human, and I could relate to them and see where they were coming from on every you know little leg of the journey. Because I don't think at any point The Last of Us was taking you by the face and screaming at you, "Is this fucked up? 
this is so fucked up, bro. <laughs> the Last of Us was at least a little more subtle about things because there was one place. I mean, a lot of these places that you can go, like to just get object or to get items and to complete objectives, whatever. They're kind of optional. You could just run in there and not look around. But there was a place I think down in the sewers where it's just you look around and I mean you just see two children underneath a blanket like they're corpses mm -hmm. they're just skeletons and it's just like you go into a little underground classroom where it's like the dog ran here and just all these little like childlike drawings and there's not a soul there and you just know everything it paints it out you don't need you don't need to hear someone just be like, my god, they were the children, they were innocent. You don't fucking need that. You don't, and it doesn't have to shove it in your face. Yeah, you they, can... they let the environment tell these really captivating stories. Like, I had so many moments that, like, I wanted to explore every nook and cranny of that game. Just, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I need all these survival items. I was looking around because there aren't many reused assets in that game. Everything no. is unique. Uh, so you go into all of these areas and everything is just telling its own story and you and you're you know they're either telling an on the nose story where you know exactly what happened or you're left to think a bit about like well what the hell could have happened here yeah um, like hey maybe yeah, like and there's that dumb part of you that's like hey maybe some of the people got out yeah and it's like three minutes later and you're like <laughs> there, nobody fuck it. like everybody you're reading about is dead let's be let's be up front let's get this on front street like you don't you don't pick up one of those notes and it's like oh well he sounded like he'd be able to make it no he didn't don't fucking kid yourself <laughs> they went off and got married yeah you know i bet they all went and bought chocolate frosty milkshakes this was gonna be fine yeah <laughs> my favorite bit um one of my favorite bits when there's like the scariest part of the whole game and then joel walks out and is just like, ugh, that was something. <laughs> yeah, it's all second nature. And, like, when a game can do things like that uh, and, and contextualize things and characters in its own world, it, it, that's incredible because games don't do that. Games yeah. very rarely do that. The important thing is that it lets the player react to things instead of having the characters like it's the Poochie syndrome where we have to we don't have to have Itchy and Scratchy tell us, Hey, this Poochie guy is really cool. Like it's it's just saying this is what is, this is what the world is, and react how you like. Because as soon as you as any form of artist are telling me, Wow, isn't this blank? Go fuck yourself. Shut up. Yeah. I don't, like, don't give me that. Let me experience it. Let me feel it. Don't be like, this is so fucking absurd. Isn't it dark? Go fuck yourself. Just let this happen. If you give me a, a monster that I just shivved in the throat that's clicking and will kill me if I get too close to it, I don't need any of the characters to be like, oh no, it's so, 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 so scary. It's fucking Scooby-Doo garbage. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I love the way that like um, that that game doesn't let the player feel things. It doesn't give you any sort of catharsis on uh, these big moments at the end of a chapter. You know, when you move, like when you are just suddenly moved to the next season. You know, like a big thing will happen, and then it'll just cut to black, and then right. when four Ellie... months later. Yeah, when Ellie kills, is it is it David who's the pederast? Yeah. 
he, when she kills him, it's not like, it's okay, Ellie, you did the right thing. She's sobbing, and he's just holding her. Bingo, we're in the next season. It's like, oh, well, that was dismal and upsetting. Like, it, it doesn't tell you what you should feel. Exactly. And that's what's such a big thing, is it doesn't try and guide you. Everyone is gray. There isn't any, well, you know, you know we made the right choice. Like, like, that final scene when you can shoot the doctors... I shot, I did the thing where you shoot one of them, and then I shot another one, and then I stopped for a second, and I, I assumed that, hey, maybe I fucked something up, maybe I was actually supposed to shoot that doctor, and then the cutscene played, and I was like, oh my god, I just saved a life. There you I'm go. A, I'm a hero. <laughs> You're a good guy. <laughs> good guy, Joel. <laughs> that's, that's how I you know about that. That's, that's, that's definitely how we think of Joel around these. Good guy, Joel. Yeah, he's a great guy. Like, everyone loves Joel. He does heroic things. And, and he's unquestionably a positive character. I love that they didn't try to put that spin on it at the ending. Because mm. it's just with big, with, like, with big name games like this, I feel that there's always a pressure to kind of contextualize the player's actions as being heroic. Uh, and I'm glad that they didn't try to lean one way or another. It's very gray. It's just like, this is what it is, because this is the state of this world. And the whole game is basically just taking, like, all of Ellie's choices away from her, except oh. for the segment you play. And it's all about she has no autonomy, because Joel saving her has absolutely nothing to do with what her decision would be, because we don't know. Exactly. And, and we'll never know. Nope. And that's really really cool but i think that that's such an important point about how she is just given no autonomy she's she's treated as a macguffin and she fucking clearly by the end of it is despising that choice yeah it's it's it is a powerful game and i i don't think that about a lot of games like i thought that i think metal gear solid 3's ending is very poignant um in how it contextualized its characters and how um, you know, like, it, it's kind of rubbing your face in it in a way, but I still think that that's one of the best game endings out there, and I would put The Last of Us up there, like, probably above it, just because of how, just, just how that game leaves you feeling is really incredible. It's, it's really destructive, but in a really fun way. Yeah. It, it, like, I, I, it hurt, but I was like, Jesus, I want to play this again. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But the problem with backlogs is I can't be like, well, I'll just go back and get all the trophies for Last of Us. I have to look over and be like, Jesus Christ, I don't have the time for this. <laughs> I, I, after that, I started up Nino Cooney, and I, I feel really bad because I want to like it. I've put so much goddamn time into it, but there's so many little things about it that I just just get annoyed by it's not that it's like hard because it's definitely not you could call it like a beginner's jrpg i think because it always is telling you exactly where you need to go and you have drippy who every single time like even if you're not certain about something he will definitely clear the air about well well ollie boy why don't you use this spell and i'm like I yeah, I fucking kind of assumed. Hey, I when you when you were asking me, hey, you can give this person this emotion that they're missing. When I have somebody talking about like, oh, I just I can't get up in the morning anymore. Well, maybe they're missing ambition. Yeah. Maybe yeah, like let me figure that out. Don't be like this guy needs some ambition. He does. 
fuck you. Like, shut up. Let me do this. I'll I gotta be... say, I love Drippy's voice acting. Though. Oh, he, <laughs> yes. he's He's got my favorite acting in the game. I really love it. And I think the worst part, though, is if, if they actually had him talking, if they had him talking during those little segments, I wouldn't care. But since it's all silent, mm. I'm just like, this sucks. Fucking bring in the boy. This is bullshit. <laughs> And I made the stupid decision because someone said, oh, man, getting that 250 Familiars trophy is really hard. And immediately I was like, well, fuck you, because I'm going to do it. And I'm poorly regretting that decision. (laughs) I'm not... I've cleared, like, the main game. I'm at a part now where I'm fighting the White Witch or something. I don't know how much longer it goes on for, but, well, I'm sure I will probably give up as soon as I realize I've collected 35 familiars. I'm not sure we've collected, like, more than, like, 10 plays through the whole game. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I Anna, actually... Anna and I, that was Anna's very first RPG and, like, very first game she really enjoyed. And then we went and played Chrono Trigger after that. And I played a bunch more games. And then recently we went back and tried to play Nino Kuni, and she um, was pretty frustrated by a lot of that stuff with Drippy, just kind of telling you exactly where to go and whatnot. I don't dislike it. I appreciate that there's waypoints because honestly, there are a lot of um, there were a lot of tasks or errands that I was asked to do, and I, I wanted for so long. I'm not going to use guides. I don't care. But then it would say like to the southwest of Autumnia, and I'm like. Ah, fuck this, I don't care. And I just eventually got to a point where I didn't want to explore. Because because I think the game had taught me, if there's a star there, go there. And that's mm-hmm. fun. And then it starts to say, well, just, you know, explore around here. I'm like, where's the fucking star? Where is it? I just need tell this. me. Yeah, just, yeah. And I don't, that's probably half my problem, half the games. Which is, it tells me so much, but then I'm just, yeah, look, just... Now I'm just tired. I just want you to tell me where to go. It's 3 a.m. I've got oatmeal to get up and eat tomorrow. Give me the fucking star. Uh, just I think the star me... was added in after the fact because they um there's one kind of puzzle where it's like, go to this spot where there's um a drawing of a bird that's visible from the air. And mm. then, then, oh, there's a star there. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's... it's like, oh, here's this puzzle. Oh, wait. Everything about everything about Nina Cody is here's a puzzle, except not really. It's it's rough, and it's even I, I'm in I'm I'm in what I would think is essentially the post game, and I still have Drippy telling me, "Why don't you weigh down this heavy enemy, and they'll stop being able to move?" And I'm like, "I fucking got it." That's probably a mechanic that you've used many times throughout the game prior to that point. Or you could, like I just kind of brute force a lot of these things, and honestly, like that's why I feel really bad. Like I don't think I'd be good at doing let's plays of I don't know any game that came out after like the Super Nintendo, because I'm I feel like it would be so much of me like clunking my way around and being like, oh that's that's what that's what would be good. I'm pr- I I figured this out, and <laughs> like every time. Every time that I play a game, I do a bunch of trial and error. And that's that's another new game I got was uh, Bayonetta 2. Ooh. And I, I never oh. played the first Bayonetta, so I popped it in. And when it got me to the, uh, the tutorial section, where, you know, it's just, hey, do this, you kick an enemy. And it gave you that big list of, like, do all these moves. <laughs> I took maybe 20... 
20 minutes to half an hour doing a bunch of moves yeah. just to try it out and just to see what I could do. And personally, I don't know about you guys, if I ever saw someone like doing a Let's Play like that, I would tur- not only turn it off, but I would report their channel to YouTube for wasting <laughs> my time. <laughs> You're getting a thumbs down, bitch. Oh, that would be... Nobody would thumbs it up. And God willing, they shouldn't, because it sounds horrendously boring. But I don't know, unless they had something funny to say, like maybe talk about how Bayonetta has tits or something. That'd be fucking funny. She does have boobs, you know. Holy shit, I would be guffawing. Those are are my favorite Let's Plays. They're just ones that are like, I fucking love tits! We got it. My favorite are the ones where they try to give sexual context to things where there is no precedent (laughs) for it at fucking all. Yeah. It's It's so disturbing. It's like, Jesus Christ, how desperate are you? It's it's like, you know, maybe maybe the gamer culture should be completely burned to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. We I'm very totally, sure of that. Yeah, I we, could Im- I could imagine someone like spending th- thirty minutes of footage just moving Bayonetta around um, in the tutorial, and then like covering that with like thirty minutes of really dense academic uh, criticism, <laughs> talking about the mechanics and the animation and just everything at play there. On how her character is a liberation of the female sexuality. Just huge, huge essay. You <laughs> talking about. I think that that would actually be funny in a way. That would and, be amazing. And but do it in a way like it's not like fifteen minutes of it, and then make it really goofy. You have to do it all the way through of just. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel that Bayonetta represents something of a, a movement towards feminism in games that is not commonly seen. And everyone's just like, "Where's the fucking jokes, Fatso? Let's get <laughs> some fucking giggles in here." Come on, she's got tits. The jokes are throwing themselves. At you. I know, like there's so many fucking nerds like chewing on their chairs. Where's the fucking titty jokes? Already got their dick out, ready to go. I know! I mean, what else are you gonna do? This is boring. I want to hear about Hooters. It's (laughs) it's so childish and weird. Like, I'm... And that's the thing is, I'm not a prude. Like, I'll laugh at fucking jokes about someone fucking jizzing everywhere or something. Right, right. When it's so odd and weird. Like, like, if I was playing, if I was doing a commentary on Nino Kuni, which is just a game about kids running around fighting monsters, if I said the word cock in that, I would be like, Okay, I feel kind of skeevy now. It's gross. It's weird. Like, who would make sex jokes about, like, games that... I don't know. I don't know. Granted, I, I mean, I'm sure if you went back and read or watched anything I did, <laughs> I'd be, I'm sure I've fucked this up before. But it's just... I'm sure if I listened to half of the things I've I've ever done, I'd be like, wow, this is embarrassing. I should delete all of these. <laughs> don't do that. I still watch those. Oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, is... man. The, the, one of the worst I ever saw was some dude doing... Uh, it was a Mega Man Legends Let's Play. Uh, and... Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say... One of the worst I've ever seen was you yeah, no. doing <laughs> Mega Man 3. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, but it was doing a Mega Man Legends uh, Let's Play, and any fucking time roll was on screen. It was just, oh my god, dude, stop. You sound like, you sound exactly like what people imagine gamers are. Stop it. Stop it now. Thank you for proving the worst people are right. Yeah, it's, oh my god. It it was just, like, I, like, and the thing is, I initially liked the guy's Let's Plays at first, and then he started that one, and it was just, like, this whole downhill slope of, 
payroll, why don't you go over and suck Mega Man off or some shit? I was like, dude, dude, dude. I would be totally cool if they did that, and it, but he was talking about what's the same Doctor Casket or whatever. Yeah. If, they, if he was just really into the idea of Mega Man's grandfather blowing, him, <laughs> I would be all about that. It's like because I would be interested to see where that goes. If he like just only, and then it just becomes a really tragic like let's play fan fiction. Oh god! Where, where he's buying only equipment. He's like, well, I bet uh, I bet Mister Barrel would like it if I wore this, oh my. and only buying weapons that he would like. Could he fit his dick into this arm blaster? I wonder. Well, I bet he will. Oh my god! Brings a whole new definition to hand job. Hey, hey, Mega Man, you want to go kick a can? <laughs> I wasted so much of my little fat boy life on that goddamn can. I watched well, someone's. Hey, da I watched hey, someone's like dad. In Meg, do you like kicking the can in Mega Man Legends? Because I've got a demo oh, for you. Man. Oh man! Oh man! Have you heard of Red Ash? I sure have. It, okay, okay. Let me let me give you guys a little tip. If you want to ask me, have you heard of a game that's come out in the last decade? I sure haven't. That it's uh, it's another Inafune kickstarted game that failed oh. miserably. Oh, oh man! It failed miserably <laughs> because Mighty Number no. Nine isn't even out yet, so he hasn't proven himself. But he wanted more money now, so he tried to put out this Mega Man Legends kind of follow up. Oh, well. Um, and they released a demo in like the waning days of the campaign because it was failing, and the the demo was literally you run around town kicking a can. Uh, That's okay. it. Okay. I probably would have been stupid enough to give money to that because I'd be like, "That's a reference to something I've played." In fact, that game could have been successful if I saw that Kickstarter. You're like, "Fuck it, here goes here's my entire inheritance. I'm throwing it at you." Inafune, don't fuck with me. Make this game good. I I didn't hear the most I heard of that Kickstarter was a friend of mine who talks about games all the time, which. Surprisingly, it's actually kind of rare with me. I don't have a whole bunch of friends I talk gaming with, mm -hmm. but he texted me at like three in the morning and was talking about it, and I just said "cool," and then I deleted the texts and went to sleep. <laughs> so, so I like aggressively avoided information on it because I didn't care. Oh, it was Hold one up. of the scummiest Kickstarters ever. That's it wasn't even it wasn't even a Kickstarter for a full game. It was for a prototype that they could essentially just shop to developers. That's unfortunate because honestly, like. I don't want to dislike the guy. I feel, I'm sure that he's probably... I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> sure I'm, I'm probably getting bought into more hype that's just not there. Because I don't know, maybe Mighty Number no. 9 will be really good. Who I'm knows? sure he's not actually literally the devil. He's, probably, yeah. That's a positive, right? Yeah, yeah. he's not He's not Beelzebub. He's not the de Antichrist. Having seen other developers talk about him, though, it's clear that most people don't really see him as a creative mind and more as just a businessman. So when these new, like, when you start seeing these moves happen, and you know, like, him they acting, start to, yeah, it starts kind of making sense. It's like, oh, he's not really this super dedicated guy that just wants to prey on your nostalgia because he just needs to make this Mega Man like. No, he just kind of wants money, <laughs> and that's so heartbreaking. Like, basically. You want to hate Capcom, and boy, have they made it easy! For oh, you. yeah, they, they have fucking they have put him in a good position. And when he's the bad guy, you're just like, God damn it, because you can't like Capcom. No. They, it's impossible. 
Unless you want to buy Mega Man 1 through 6 again. Boy, oh that's boy. The th that's the title of the game, Mega Man 1 through 6 again. <laughs> what? <That's not> Less <laughs> games than the GameCube collection. No <laughs> shit, that, was, that stuck in my fucking cross so mm. badly. I could get my PS2 collection out, yeah. pop it in, and... Play Mega Man I don't Man. need replays, motherfucker. I, will, I have emulators <laughs> for a reason. Exactly. I kind of just wish they included 9 and 10. Like, yeah. That, like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a completionist. Like, I'm one of maybe one people that likes Mega Man 8. I love and, Mega Man 8. Oh, thanks. I, like I absolutely love it. Oh, I, I, might, I, might just be, I might just be Seven's misguided. the bad one, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I found I don't someone even... today that really liked Seven, so... Well, I don't even hate seven. I just don't. I don't know. It, when I have seven and eight back to back, like I think eight feels more Mega Man E, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know because I love a lot of music in seven, and I love a lot of music in eight. I guess that's not really fair. There's a lot of music in eight that I I'm okay with. I would have dinner with some of the music in Mega Man eight and not kick it out of my house, <laughs> but. There's just something about Mega Man 8 that gets me more. And I and I can't even chalk it up to nostalgia, because I played 7 and 8 as a kid all the time. Those were the two Mega Man games that I played. I didn't play any of the NES Mega Man as a kid. I just really liked 7 and 8. And actually, my absolute all-time favorite Mega Man game is probably Mega Man X4. And holy fuck, the music in that game is still, like, some of the most cherished shit that's ever entered into my eardrums. Really good. It's really good. It's like, I, like, uh, I love Mega Man X1. I didn't care a whole lot for 2. I hated 3, but 4... Three's, three's hot piss. 4 brought me right back around. 4 was my jam for a while. And then X5 came out. It's like, did you like X4? Well, let's do it, but worse yes <laughs> and here and here's a bunch of guns and roses references boy i bet the kids playing this are gonna find those totally fucking gonna knee, get that. knee slappers <laughs> and then x6 came out it's like we don't remember how to make games <laughs> x, the x series like people can shit on Mega Man classic for being just more of the same you all of those games are decent at least and then Mega Man, like, X6 is, like, a, a train wreck in a funny way. When you play X7, it's kind of just like watching your most beloved family <laughs> members die in front of you. <laughs> because x is just like, this is what you, we've come to. This is the life you've led. And it's gone to shit. Which, which are the ones that went 3D? Seven. That was X7... Okay. X7's the one, and then X8 was actually, like, really good. And, mm -hmm. and 2D people, again. Yeah, and people don't really talk about it, because, um... I guess X7 just, like... X7 is, like, talking about just, like, someone really beloved to you just, like, fucking knocked your teeth out. And yeah. you can't talk about them anymore, because it's just heartbreaking to remember it. And you can't actually talk, either, because it hurts to talk without teeth. Yeah, and when you try to, like, you bite your lips with your with your half teeth, mm -hmm. and they just start bleeding. Yeah, it's not a good, it's not a good picture. It's not a good picture. I rewatched no. Hide the Beasts play through a Mega Man X Six, where he does it. Real jerk. Oh, he is. No, I'm I'm bullshitting you. He's, he's a friend of mine. I talk to him all the time. Oh, oh, cool, cool. I really love his videos. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I I can give him a message if you'd like. Do you have like a Do you want him to like sign something? <laughs> I really like his videos. Maybe oh, if I can get, maybe if I make some, maybe if I like 
play through Mega Man Zero and S rank everything or something. I don't know. Sign my video of that. <laughs> Sign your video. Sign my video. He's he's a super super sweet guy. Like, and it's so fun to, when I talk to him about Mega Man because I'll be like, this part's kind of hard, and he'd be like, yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> but he, like he's always nice enough not to be like, you want to know something difficult, and then just tear into my <laughs> absolute. Like, I can't come to him and just be like. Beating Magic Man was kind of hard, because he'll just look at me and be disgusted. <laughs> so I always try to have the decency of being like, okay, what's a difficult, what's a difficult thing in Mega Man? But no, he's fucking amazingly good. I, I have messaged him, been like, hey, could you help me, like, figure out how to do this and this? And then in, like, an hour, he'll send me a video of exactly how to do it. <laughs> and then you just uh, and then you just upload his video to your YouTube <laughs> while commenting it over, over it. Dumb it over. Check out my perfect run. <laughs> no, like <laughs> that'll be twenty bucks, suckers. Okay, that makes but, me really happy that he's cool. He's an you know he's... you don't know that when you just watch a video. Oh no, absolutely not. No, um, I would argue he's one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. Oh I don't know why I'm God, arguing that. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> like, just argue that idea. cocksucker. No, he's not. <laughs> no, uh, he's super, super cool. And um, basically, basically, if I need, like, a morality lesson, I'll be like, is this okay to laugh at? Or is this an okay thing in the world? And he'll just, he's able to break it down to a science. Like, he's fucking, in, don't think that all, it's just Mega Man shit. That motherfucker is smart. <laughs> Basically, get him on the show because he's a lot cooler than me. <laughs> I think I would actually just like fan out if we did that. I think he's probably. I think those are probably my favorite let's plays. If you hang up. Yeah, it'd be like three hours of John fangirling and then click. And he just. He doesn't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's three hours of John gushing to this person that's there, but the audience won't know that. But we'll oh, just no. we'll release it as an episode anyway. <laughs> fucking cares. Nobody comes to this for quality. Fuck, em, fuck em all. No, one of my favorite things, uh, there's a little there's like a running gag in Simpsons commentaries where they'll always talk about how they wanna get one of their writers on. His name's John Swartzwelder, but he's like a crazy recluse and won't show up. <laughs> So they like t they keep talking about. Here's the idea we wanted to do. We would go to his house. We would have him say when we would ask him, "Hey, do you want to be on this commentary?" And as a joke, he'd say no and not be on it. And he refused to do that. <laughs> and it's just he. It's so fucking funny because they also at one point eventually got him to do part of a commentary by phoning him in, literally phoning him in, and he. He, at like halfway through the episode, he'd say, "Well, I'm glad you enjoyed my presence. If only this had been the real John Swartzwelder." And he hangs up. Oh man! And, and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> That's pretty good. It is. I. But, <laughs> do you guys want to waste an hour and a half talking about how The Simpsons isn't good? <laughs> Oh. oh no! Please, please, oh, yeah. don't wind him up! Don't wind him up! We just now got him distracted from Mega Man. I'm so, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I need more Mega Mans in that life. Oh shucks! What else are you up to, Samurai Karasu? 
Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm sorry, every time I hear that name, there's a chill that comes down my spine. <laughs> Should I not say it like that? No, no, there's no way you could say that where I'd be like, that sounds dignified. Samurai um, Karasu. <laughs> westernize it. Samurai Karasu. Well, oh my God. <laughs> no, no, seriously, there's no way you can say that I'm not, that I'm not embarrassed by it. <laughs> It's impossible. There's there's no set of syllables that is more humiliating. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Let me check. John Thier. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um. Well, I have been let's playing less because I've ran out of games that I'm good at. Oh, that's why you stopped. <laughs> I thought life just got busy. <laughs> well, that's part of it. But I'm, I don't know, like, it, it's, I don't know, Kirby Superstar is a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. then, um, and I just, like, sit down some days, I'm like, I have to go force my way through more Nino Kuni, <laughs> maybe it'll get better, maybe I'll like it more. <laughs> but no, I I'm... actually really like the, really like parts of the ending to that game, I think it gets pretty classy with how it winds down with its characters. I'm not sure, it's worth. I'm not sure, no, no, I, I do enjoy it, but at mm -hmm. the same time, like, there's just enough things about it that I just get kind of bothered by. Like, it takes so much to recruit character, like, recruit familiars. They, so many of them, it's such a low percentage. And then I finally got, like, there was a, uh, an ability that doubles your chance to get them or something. And I was like, great, this will make it easy. And I have noticed, like, negligible differences. <laughs> uh. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're asking me I do things. Um, Superstar is still going on slowly but surely, and mostly slowly, less surely. But um, after that, I, I don't have a fucking clue. I've been thinking about some things that will probably continue to come out slowly. But I don't know. It's It's... It's it's kind of hard to keep inspired when you're just kind of like, well, I could do this, but it's whatever. You you feel like you've said a lot. I've I feel like I've said a lot in the long time that I've been doing this, and eventually it's just going to be the fucking Karasu classics. <laughs> classics bust them all game. out. Yeah, it's just hey. Say malarkey again. Say malarkey. <laughs> yes, like it's just. Oh, Megamans! Oh, this sucks! Whatever that joke I made about stairs or whatever in the first thing, and I laughed at it. See yeah. you guys later! And then everyone's just like, I liked it! That was reminding me of things. <laughs> eventually, I've, I've... Like, things like this are fun, because it's more freeform, and I, I'm not just looking at the same blue robot jumping up and down and thinking... Well, how am I going to spice this one up this week? Yeah, yeah I can understand that, though, and I can actually admire that, because I think that, like, too many people that kind of get into doing Let's Plays start feeling this obligation to where, like, if they don't do it, you know, like, they're letting someone down or some shit like that. It's like, y you should only do stuff if you're inspired to do it, dog. Yeah, and, and I've started writing now, and by and by writing, I don't mean, like, books. I mean, I'm blogging, which is, like writings like little brother that isn't very good <laughs> um but i've been and boy howdy if if blogging in general isn't very good wait till you hear what i'm blogging about i'm blogging about power rangers <laughs> I, i'm doing episode reviews and i'm going every single episode all the way through i finished season one like a month ago or something i'm just starting up with season two and it's it's like that if if people if there are people who care enough about what I do, which they there aren't, I'm going to cut that right out right now. <laughs> if, if 
if they actually believe that I give a shit about Mega Man as much as I do, which I don't, because I actually, I like Mega Man, but it's not like my, that's not the thing that holds the place in my heart, like I'm sure people might imagine it would be, because I play so fucking much of it. <laughs> it's Power Rangers has been like my muse ever since I was a little boy, a youngster, around the fucking 1920s when I was born, <laughs> and I would think about, I sure love robot dinosaurs! And I just figured, why not write about it? It sounds fun. And a friend of mine just said something that was really profound to me, where he said, if you don't do it, who else is yeah, going to do it? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that isn't, but that's not like a compliment to like, only you're able to do this. It's who the fuck else is going to Who gonna the fuck shit? else? Who is going to give a shit about this stupid show? That's 400 years old. That's really great, though. I think that, like, if that's the thing that you're having the most fun with, why wouldn't you, like, want to spend time doing that, you know? If if that's fulfilling for you, it'll find an audience. Hopefully. You know, that's... Maybe someday. I mean, that's how I ended up starting my site, and it's still here ten years later, so, you know. Absolutely, and it's... I think it is just all about... If it finds an audience, that's awesome, but at the same time... Things that are fulfilling, things that find an audience aren't always, you know, they're not always simpatico. They aren't always going hand in hand. Exactly. And if they are, that's awesome. If they're not, you can change your options. Like, you don't have to be doing what you're doing and have to make it super fucking popular. Because, spoiler alert, everything that's really popular is horrible. The worst things that you've ever seen. Wait, hold on. I guess that's not really true. <laughs> that's just, that's being contrarian. But a lot of the things that get really that popular... Last of Us. Yeah, like Last of Us. <laughs> oh, that the fucking shittiest goddamn game I've ever seen. <laughs> no. I'm talking about, like, you know, there's so many big-name people that you watch who get trillions on trillions of views. That's actually an exaggeration. And I don't know how to count, so it just made it worse. But there's so many people that are, like, very, very popular. And you'll watch it, and you'll just think... This is average at best. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not going to say that oh well I'm doing things better cuz I'm certainly not. But there are people who just do things and it's not interesting, it's not engaging, it's lowest common denominator and it's really upsetting that this is what seems to attract people. Yeah. So you just kind of have to try and keep muscling through and know in your heart of hearts, that if what you're doing is what you feel most obligated to do, not obligated, but most endeared to do, something that really lightens your life, something that makes you happier, then I think that that's what you should definitely go for. And maybe it'll make you fucking billions of dollars. It probably won't, but who knows? <laughs> so basically, be dumbly optimistic until it drives you poor. There you go. Can I make billions of dollars just, like, eating food with Anna? Probably. Well, hold on. Yes, you can, because um, there's fetish sites out there. Oh, God. No, no, they're dead. I don't know why I was, like, I don't know why I was taking that, oh, God, as you don't believe me, because I was about to go, no, no, okay. let me prove I you wrong. You. <laughs> let me link you. Hold on. Hold on. I've got some, I got some starred in Google Chrome here. <laughs> I, no, I think the saddest thing I ever saw on the internet, and that's a well, okay, I'll correct you. I'll correct myself in this in about a week. Is there was a woman who was just making videos of herself eating, like, a popsicle. And, oh, you know what? I watched it. I watched it all. I was like, let's see where this goes. And it, uh, she finished it. And, uh, then I deleted it. And I had <laughs> a long talk with myself in front of the mirror. 
And there weren't any answers, but there were a lot of regrets. <laughs> and I, uh, I, st- I didn't eat popsicles for a while after that. But Uh-oh. let me just say that. If, l- actually, let's take that woman's horrible video of her eating frozen <laughs> delicacies and let's look at that positively. If that fucking lady can make money eating things, who knows where the sky's the limit, motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe she just likes popsicles and she's found a way to turn her passion into monetary gain as well. Yes, and I mean like she was like really heavy set and I'm not going to be like that fucking fat bitch cuz who cares? Fucking shut up with that shit. That's really crummy. Yeah. But she it's still like She's eating popsicles. Like, this is... If, if someone's masturbating to this, this says significantly more about that person than any woman eating a popsicle out there at all. Absolutely. I, I can't imagine you going to any water park without having a fucking continent-piercing <laughs> erection, if that's the case. What were we talking about, Mega Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so what else? So you, uh, could you give us a link to your uh, Power Rangers blog so we can yes. all check it out? Oh my god, yes. Um, let me think of what it's called. Uh, it's MMPRR, that's the second R gets ya, dot blogspot.com. And uh, I post lots of silly gifts and talk about oh. um, penises, I'd imagine. I forget what I write about. We but love I- Power Rangers gifts. Oh, then... <laughs> Brother, you are in the right spot. Um, I make GIFs about things that uh, you've probably seen before, mm-hmm. but now you can post them on Tumblr and, not, cre- and not credit me. <laughs> and I'll never know. <laughs> no. It's, it's actually like I laugh now really hard when I see people just like repost shit I made. Also because I don't know like a good way to capture images from a really shitty source. So they always look like garbage when they blow up. So I know right away, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I, I try not to get too many still images because like the DVDs are really piss awful quality. Oh <laughs> like, no. And every time something gets blown up, it looks horrible, so, but gifts, like the gifts I get are always, like they stay pretty okay because they're really small. Yeah. So they released Power Rangers on DVD? Yes. Like um, all of it? Yeah. Well, I, 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 that was me just making Bob Dylan noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they released uh, seasons one through, I want to say maybe 12. I think they've got just about all of it. Um... And I have seasons one through about seven or something like that. So I could go about that far. And if I want to sink more money into seasons I don't remember as well, I could do that too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I just kind of felt obligated to one day. Like I felt like who else is going to talk about things that nobody cares about but me? It's got to be me. <laughs> I, I know people that still do uh, love Power Rangers quite a bit, uh, as along with a lot of other Super Sentai shows. Uh, uh, so they would probably hold, be hold just on. as interested. You're getting me off talking about Super Sentai. I love all the Japanese stuff. Like I love comparing it to Power Rangers, and and I'm sure maybe two other people do. And if they're listening, <laughs> you might have just found your new favorite website. There you go. And then uh, we know Yes. There we go. Yes. 
Probably. I, actually, I didn't hear. I, I just hoped you were right. I was probably right. You're close enough. If they don't find it, then they just won't go and whatever. <laughs> Who cares? But, um, no, like, I, I really like, like, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai stuff. And when I start, when I was maybe, like, 13 or 14, uh, I spent those important years downloading Japanese shows, and I thought, what a great use of my time! <laughs> and that's remained for the last decade or so. <laughs> and I just liked kind of seeing, ah, so that's what they cut. And nobody's told me that's stupid yet, so I've kept going. <laughs> it's not stupid. Thank you. There yeah. you go. It's not stupid. <laughs> cool, so you've been into anything else? Mm, well, that was a wind-up because I have nothing else to say. Oh. No, actually, well, okay, this is this is fun. I was mowing the lawn the other day, and uh, I hit a groundswell of uh, wasps. Oh, good. Oh. It was cool. It was pretty legit because uh, no shit. Like, this is going to sound like a lie, I know. As Before I went, I told a friend of mine, I said, hey, you know, like, I'm going to go mow the lawn. I'll get back to you in a sec. He goes, oh, man, I don't like doing that. And I said, why is that? He goes, well, you know, I just don't like bees. I had bad experiences with bees when I was a kid. And I said to him something along the lines of, eh, that don't really bother me. <laughs> and then uh, nature decided that my hubris was too high. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I hit a fucking ground nest of wasps. <laughs> because my life is irony. I, see, like, one, one I am the type of person one bee sting could literally kill me. So that oh, scares the shit out of me. Well, I got about eight, um, and I'm, oh. I don't know that I'm not, like, dead. This could just be, like, some sort of purgatory. I don't know. Like, this this podcast could keep going, <laughs> this and, podcast I, is yeah, hell. and it this, turns out that... This <laughs> podcast actually, is actually hell, yeah. <laughs> I find out, like, it never ends, and I'm just stuck telling the same stories. <laughs> the same three stories. You're gonna be things. reliving the next three hours for an eternity. But it's still better than Mega Man X7. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I got stuck by a bee that last... last week too. It was weird because I'd never got stung by a bee in my life before. And I was just like, oh, I'm really glad I'm not Polly. Cause, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you say that a lot in your life? <laughs> no. No, I, I say that I'm glad I'm not John a lot. I find that I do that. <laughs> I'm, I had been stung once by a bee, like, before this. When I was, like, 19. And I was like, oh my god! Is that what that feels like? Am I dying? <laughs> like, I, I had somehow avoided that. Because here's a real fucking shocker. As someone who spent a lot of time downloading Japanese shows and playing video <laughs> games, wasn't much of an outdoorsy folk. <laughs> I, Cannot I mean, imagine. I know, it's pretty wacky. No, I, I can actually, like, feel the stings on me, though. Because those little fuckers, about wasps, mm. uh, the thing about them is they don't die when they sting you. So they were just, like, chilling there, like, rolling around. <laughs> Having a damn good time. Oh, they were enjoying themselves. And then I ran inside. Oh, good. P part two of what you shouldn't do was that. Run inside. They followed me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was just in the bathroom, just swearing and angry and covered in wasps. I just thought, you know, maybe I should have just slept in today. <laughs> <laughs> like, life, life is really just a big set of shitty scales that you have to fucking stand on, and eventually it's going to drop a big cinder block on the other side, and you're going to get weighed out by how much <laughs> life stinks. 
Oh God, fuck bees though. Yeah, they they almost yeah. they almost killed me when I was four. Jesus. I, I got, st- I, like, I guess I upset a hive or something, but, uh, like, an entire nest of bees got up my shirt and just started stinging me and stinging me, and, like, I went into shock and, like, um, yeah, almost died. Oh, my God. Okay. No, I don't think there's a soul on this planet who's ever been, like, you know, I had a good experience with bees. <laughs> I had a pretty <laughs> all right time with them. I don't but- know. There are some beekeepers out there yeah, that I think are insane. Like yeah, they well, they probably had a good time with them because they just blow smoke in bees' faces all day. So that's awesome. I love that job, just fucking <laughs> pissing off bees for a living. That sounds great. Come at me, bro. Yeah, I'm in a big ass suit. What are you gonna do? Fucking get underneath my fucking shorts? <laughs> Suck a dick, bee. You don't do shit. <laughs> bees are nerds. Bees are the biggest dorks in the animal kingdom. They sting you with their dorks. Oh, they totally do. Like, and yeah, I was so bummed out for those wasps because they stung me, and like I said, "ow" because it hurt, mm-hmm. and they stayed in there because I thought, "Like, is this the end of our transaction? Like, is there, <laughs> are, you, are you gonna get more hurt if I keep doing this?" And they were wriggling around, and I kept thinking, "Oh, I'll just swap them like other, like other any kind of insect," <laughs> and it didn't fucking work. Like, they were still alive. I'm like. Do you guys not know how this transaction <laughs> fucking works? I hit you and you die after you've harmed me. Like, <laughs> get in line, bees, because you're pissing me off. At least bees have the decency to just die right there. I know. I actually dig honeybees. Like, they they hate something so much they'll kill themselves to get rid of it. That's, That's dedication. Of, they God love them. Those bees. The insect are, Al-Qaeda. Oh, fuck. I was about to call them terrorists. You beat me to it. <laughs> oh. Speaking of, speaking of bee terrorists, bees did 9-11. I want that on record. Mm. That's... <laughs> I want everyone to oh. know. Bees melt steel beams. <laughs> Shed fuel, fuel can't melt steel bees. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Have y'all heard of Asian giant hornets? I. That sounds very unpleasant. Is that a fetish? Well, they kill. They will kill bees. They will, um, like, 30 Asian giant hornets oh. can, like, kill a hive of, like, 10,000 bees. Oh, my so in that God. Sense, so, in that sense, they're kind of like the good guys, right? Well, so long as they don't go after me next. Well, yeah, they're also really aggressive and, like, the size of your thumb and shoot acid at oh, your Oh, good. <laughs> what the so, fuck? They're, they're going to be in the next Mega Man X game. Yeah. I was about to say, what, are, what did Anafune make those fuckers? This is crazy town. They so, sound like a video game enemy that Solid Snake would be like, that sounds unrealistic, Colonel. He's like, I know, but this game's crazy, so shut up. He's so, made of bees. I, oh my god. They're <laughs> oh, so man. I, I like how the pains, the pain, like... It wasn't like he was so good with bees, because when the bees were off of him, he was still covered in bees. <laughs> like, he wasn't that good. They were still stinging him. <laughs> At some point, he just got immune to bees. <laughs> and it's like, this is my power. Bees are, have no effect on me. <laughs> what an idiot. Like, that's all he had going for him. This is your elite Cobra unit, folks. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like we have an old man, a fucking frog monster, an astronaut, and a dude covered in bees. (laughs) (laughs) We're unstoppable. (laughs) I like how it's like, that's not really a twist, they want to die. Who wouldn't want to die? That's a fucking freak covered in bees. Do you think the pain ever went out to the bar and a girl wouldn't date him? But he's sick to be <laughs> The pain is the he ultimate does... the pain is the ultimate nice guy MRA. He's totally <laughs> nice. He's a men's rights activist. The only women he likes are queen bees. <laughs> Do you think he'll just snap his fingers, point to a girl, and you just see like a fucking horde of bees? <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? And he's like, sorry, princess. Tell her that fatso talked. Oh, Christ. God, this pain is my favorite boss. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, so, well, we, uh, I don't, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about or are we moving on? Oh, we, I, I didn't know we were on topic. <laughs> We can, we can move. We can move. All right, and um, John Fire, why don't you regale us of the tales of the things you've been up to in the last two weeks? Yay! I wanted to go first. It's because I like talking about myself. Yeah, <laughs> we know that. Okay, cool. All right. <clears throat> well, I played. Well, I wound up playing. Um, I was feeling bad, and to make myself feel better, I rewatched that Mega Man X Six Hide a Beast video, and I was like. I really like Mega Man. I should play some Mega Man games. Am I right? That's a good point. That's a good that's a good way to approach life, I suppose. Mega Man games are great. So I picked one that I've only played through once that I figured was really, really rad and I should probably revisit it. I picked up the first Mega Man Zero. Good decision. Game is fantastic. I know. Um, I had Mega Man Zero 2 as a kid, so I I'd, I'd barely touched Mega Man Zero 1. And I destroyed that game i i just played nothing but it i um played through the whole thing i decided that i want when i um originally played through all the zero games i did it using the cyber elves just like copiously you know Uh and the cyber elves detract from your rank and when you use a cyber elf they die which is a really cool concept really it is isn't it so I felt bad about making my way through these games and having all these cyber elves die, especially since it meant that I would save all my best cyber elves for the last level and kind of trivialize them every time. Mm. Um, so I decided to play through Mega Man Zero One without using any cyber elves, and I also did it. And um, I did it. I played through all the missions, and it was a fucking blast. Mm. Uh, and I did it with an A rank. I felt pretty good about that. That's not an S. That's not an S. I, I, I don't actually, know if I've ever gotten an S rank in Mega Man Zero. <laughs> I've, I've, only, I've only done it on, like, the opening missions. <laughs> I did the first three missions with an S rank on hard mode, but that doesn't really change much when um, in the first couple of missions. So uh, how are you digging, like, because, like, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, Mega Man already on this podcast, <laughs> but how do you think that those games really compare? Like, how do you like, like, how do you like their approach as uh, opposed to the actual mainline games? I think narratively and aesthetically, they're basically Mega Man X done right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Mega Man X1 is great, obviously, as the standalone thing. Um, but, 
like the whole Mega Man X as a series is a fucking clusterfuck. Um, and the narrative just spins out of control and doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, it, it becomes so bloated and utterly stupid that it's just like, you got you got five-year-olds writing this now, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it seemed like the pacifism thing was kind of okay. Like, it, it wasn't so bad. Like, it was, it was kind of regretful. Like, I don't want to have to fight all these robots. And then by, like, X6, I'm like... We still it was X7 this? where it was really oh, X, X7 was the worst. I can't yeah. fight anymore, guys. I'm going to sit this one out. Mm-hmm. Wasn't up. X5 supposed to be the last one and going to zero? Yeah. yeah. So even just think of it as like X1, X2, X3, X4, X5, that's still pretty fucky. <laughs> X5's uh, story mm-hmm. is still pretty fucky. Um, it, it's just an excuse for the X versus zero fight, which granted is it's cool, but at the same time, wasn't really worth Duff McWhalen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like X. I I played X Five a lot as a kid, and I liked that game a good bit. But um... but you're also stupid, so yeah. <laughs> okay, well I haven't played it since then, so it's probably not that great. Uh, but I but X Mega Man X is kind of stupid um, as a series, and Mega Man Zero fixes that because it's a complete story. There's four games, and once the fourth game is over, the story is over. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are more. The story themselves are more interesting and more meaningful. Um, and just holy hell, the beginning of Mega Man Zero One, huh? Great stuff. Oh my god, it begins, and the the just the cutscene direction in that game is really cool. Um, and just all the little subtle ways that they establish a relationship between Zero and CL in that cutscene. Basically, this was Zero saving CL over and over again. But then her being really, really competent in every scene, mm-hmm. in the pre- first scene and every scene after that. Um, and the fight and copy acts was really interesting. Um, the ending itself is just really kind of well done and poetic. And the it's go- all the games are gorgeous, right? Oh yeah, yeah, some great uh, sprite animation. art in those games. The animation is so fluid. You know, it's kind of like mm. uh, I kind of like it's sort of the same direction that uh, Mega Man Eight had. It had a lot of really just yeah, really great looking uh, pixel animation, and uh, I really love that. Like the Zero series kind of continues that. Mm-hmm. Jumping on walls mm-hmm. is just feels so good. All the wall climbing is just so nailed down in that game. And the Z Saber is obviously super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So just just the experience of playing those games and existing in that world is just really wonderful to me. Just in all of them, um, I think I like Zero One the best now, which I definitely didn't before, um, because it's the only one that has this really weird um, progressive structure to it. Uh, because after that, the the structure of Mega Man Zero One was basically changed completely in Zero Two, Zero Three, Zero Four to make it more like the old Mega Man games. Yeah. Uh, in Zero One, more mission based, and there's a lot yeah. of timers and there's fail timers states and, and escort missions, <laughs> and um, there's not eight Mavericks, and sometimes you'll fight the Maverick at the beginning of the mission instead of the end, and sometimes you'll fight one in the middle, and then there'll be an escape sequence. Mm-hmm. It just is completely turning established Mega Man structure on its head over and over. And 
the the continue system is really <laughs> is completely different. You don't get when you get game over, you have to restart from a save. Meaning that if you use all of your extra lives on one mission and then beat it and save your game, you only have zero extra lives on the next mission. Yeah. So what that means is essentially that you're trying to beat every stage in one go. Yeah. Until like maybe the last couple levels. Um, because, but the game is kind of built for that because the stages themselves are really short. It's way shorter than in Zero Two and then the and then the X games. It's really uh, they, built for those S ranks that it wants you to attain, though, because they are. It's very difficult, but at the same time, the stages are just short enough, and there's just enough ways to show you, "Hey, idiot! This is exactly what you we want you to do." Mm-hmm. That it's it feels more attainable than it really is, and it <laughs> keeps you trying. Mm-hmm. It feels very fair, and the S rank stuff isn't. Um, I like that in Zero One, there's no real reward for getting the A and S ranks, except that the bosses use more difficult attacks. Yeah. That's pretty great. That's pretty which, seems like, which seems like such a slap in the face. Oh, we're, yeah. our game's not hard enough, eh? <laughs> except that they had dif- more difficult attacks make the fights way cooler. Like, I found out um, that, my, that the big, final boss's big attack just isn't in the game if you're not playing it, if you don't have an A rank. And I was like, but that just... That's just like the coolest thing in the fight. He like does this big scream and the walls start moving inwards and pounding down as he's trying to t- shoot these immobilizing rings at you, mm-hmm. laughing the whole time. It's in all that like voice sampled Japanese voice actor yeah. laughing. It's yes. great. It's it great. That's just a a plus shit. And later games, just they'll be saying these whole sentences before the boss fights in Japanese. It's just, it's the best shit. I love um, how much that uh, Fefner, is it Fefner, the red one? Yeah, he's great. He, he's voiced by Zoro from One Piece, and I'm, that <laughs> I love it. That makes me so happy. Uh-huh. I'm the fact curious. that the four Guardians are recurring characters, and then one of them blows himself up after the fight. And you can take damage and die during the process. <laughs> and then he doesn't show up in the next game. The other three come back, and he doesn't. Because <laughs> like, he killed himself. He killed himself. He had to teleport away after the fight. Oh. <laughs> Do you think they were kind of like, you didn't really have to. Like, after the, the other three <laughs> Guardians kind of hang out, and they're just like, why did he do that? Like, he didn't have to do that. It didn't really work anyway. <laughs> like, let's just, uh, let's not talk about him again anymore. Well, think about all of... the char- player characters that probably died to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there, someone pointed out, someone said, well, there's a lot of stuff in Zero One that feels kind of awkward, and, like, the escort, like, a couple of the escort missions. And, like, having the boss, like, try to k- kill you as he, in his death animation isn't really, like, fair or, like, tradi- really traditional Mega Man design, but it gives a lot... Of, it makes that death more narratively interesting. And Absolutely. Because he's not just killing himself for the story. His killing himself, he's doing that to hurt you. And, <laughs> and he can. And, yeah, because if, if it just was one of those things where Zero just goes, phew, I sure avoided that, well... You mm-hmm. don't get that feeling of oh, I avoided that. It's yeah. kind of like what you were talking, what we've been talking about with Last of Us. I think is it lets the player feel more into that world just by little quirks that it's it's showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. 
And you fight, and that's in character for that boss because this is the second time you fight him, and the first time you fight him, he's at the very beginning of the level, and then he sets up bombs in this factory, and then CL calls you and says, no, Zero, just come back, and don't bother, there's not enough time. And then if you walk into the factory, then you get this really intense level with like a three-minute timer where you find all these bombs and deep disarm them, or you just walk to the left and leave. <laughs> Holy shit, you can do that? Yep, you can do that oh in my every God. stage. Because I... you can give up the stages in Mega Man Zero One, and then you fail them, and then the reploids you would have rescued, the, fact, the missions that le- build off of that mission don't show up, the reploids don't show up in the other base. So basically, in Mega Man Zero One, you are constantly given ways out around these challenges, whether it's just giving up or using sacrificing the lives of the cyber elves. And then every one of those failures is stained with sacrifice. I mean, like, no offense to the reploids, but I, I, I think I might have done that. <laughs> I was really shitty at that mission. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's really heavy, and you don't, like... The Cyber Elves are your main power-ups. The other power-ups aren't really that in-your-face. Like, you get some weapons chips um, that lets you get elemental energies to your charge attacks. Um, But you don't get, like, a weapon for every boss like you do in Mega Man X. There aren't capsules hidden everywhere. The only real power-ups are the Cyber Elves who die when you use them and hurt your rank. Um, It is all about... I think the running theme of Zero series is just about, like, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice and consequences. Yeah. Yes. It's sort of the anti-power fantasy thing that kind of Mega Man X has always had going. Because yeah. that was in X1 was, oh, you start out so weak, but then you get so strong. And then they and- show you this Zero at the first of the game, and he's like, oh, look how powerful he is. Maybe you can be mm-hmm. that one day. And that's what and you're then- striving for the whole time. And then you get his buster... And you charge it up and release this gigantic, tremendous pink shot. And then you go and save save the world and beat Sigma. And it's like releasing that charge shot in X1 Sigma Fortress 1. That's super cathartic. And like, look and at how far we've come. not very good. <laughs> I think it's a pretty great charge shot. And, um, I was just shitty at using it against Bow Spider, that's all. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Everybody hates Bow Spider, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bow Spider's easy. Fuck off. Uh, how dare you? Don't X1 you dare. Is, I re, I, oh, I replayed X1, which is, I think, what led me into Zero One, actually. Um, that's, like, probably my favorite action game, X1. Um, but, but Zero One is just this really kind of weird and experimental structure um, for this kind of anti-power fantasy um, action game where all of your actions are just stained by the sacrifice. Uh, and then when you, at the very end, he's like, facing off against this horde and the zero theme plays and it feels kind of ironic and it goes to the credits and it's pretty, it's pretty great. It's a damn good game. Yeah, it's, it's good. I just, and it's one of those games that I'm frustrated. I'm not better at because I really like it, but it, there's so many things that I, as like, as the Mega Man series kept getting more advanced and better, like I realized that I wasn't always able to keep up with all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've tried. I was playing Mega Man X4 the other day and practicing like not getting not damaged by Magma Dragoon or something, and it, it shocked me at how much longer it was taking me than it would in a classic game because mm-hmm. it isn't just oh I can dash and that's going to help me avoid attacks better. It's no these attacks are like in you are 
in, you have to be doing this. You have to be dashing and you have to be clinging on walls to do things right. And it's, it's shocking, like how well they could integrate these ideas. And mm-hmm. zero does that really well, I think. Yeah. Cool. And the whole idea is just, I, I like to think of it as just, you are strong enough from the very beginning. It's just your choices as the player that continue this on. And it can either make the lives of these characters much worse and they will end up regretting reviving such a lazy, shitty hero. Or, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish it was, like, infamous in that, where it's like, if Lazy's just, if uh, Zero's just a lazy shit the whole game, eventually, like, Seal just, like, smothers him to death when he's just, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I've been misguided. <laughs> Zero wakes up and, like, the, the rep quality's just half dead. She kills him in his sleep from ruining the world. Some, whoever told me to bring you back to life was a fool. I sacrificed Passy for this. <laughs> Do you have any idea how little of the world is left because of you, you <laughs> monumental jackass? Eh, well, I didn't really feel like fighting uh, Phantom today. I think I'm just gonna chill. Just they're, they're... Hey, we're fine. <laughs> give up, were... I give up. Don't you guys have cable? (laughs) There were people in that factory. Yeah, and there's a person here now, and he's in the mood for some brewskis. (laughs) (laughs) And Seal's just, like, silently weeping into her hands with what a poor choice she's made. That'd be great if she resurrected X, and he's like, I don't want to fight, then he dies. (laughs) 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 I want that series of games. That's one more thing with Zero's characterization is that CL is constantly being having to be like, don't push yourself too hard, don't overstrain yourself. You don't have to. Please don't feel obligated to go on this mission. Please come back. Um, and you get the sense that Zero's kind of got this kind of suicidal streak. Yeah, it's to a, definitely like a death wish kind of feeling. Yeah. you get from that character, which makes sense since it's the character that's died like four yeah. times in the preceding <laughs> yeah. games. He's he lived his life and then someone didn't have the dignity to leave him in his coffin. Really? It's really depressing and it's just well, maybe I'll die. Who cares? Basically, yeah. That's how Zero Two kinda starts is him just Ugh. And then Zero Four ends with him dying. So that's Fuck. just because that's oh my the only God, way spoilers. I, no <laughs> shit, I actually haven't played Zero Four and I was like, maybe I'll play it someday. Well I yeah. guess I won't. Way to go, John. Oh, that's, no, that's the other thing is that the series doesn't really like get is pretty consistent um zero four is probably like the worst one pretty unambiguously is yeah that yeah but it still has a great little it's a great wrap-up to the story i don't it's think just, that it's a bad game in any way yeah. it's just like when you stack it like that game up against one through three and i think that all three of those games are really solid four mm. just kind of just it feels like it runs out of steam. They're going through every, every Mega Man series, I think, has that. Yeah. Like Mega Man... People say that Mega Man 4 is where the games start to go bad in the classic series. I think that's garbage. It's that's 5. Four. 5 is definitely my problem. I think 6 is a baby step above 5, yeah. but not by a lot. And Basically, then... Yeah. A lot of... A lot, I think Mega Man X3 is unambiguously, like... The shittiest. Yeah. X3, X3 is so much worse than any of the Zero games. There oh, is no X3 in Mega Man Zero. 
No. And, I mean, then the X3 PlayStation... There isn't even really an X5 or an X... They're definitely not an X6, definitely not an X7. An Extreme no. 1. <laughs> God, the Extreme <laughs> Oh, I played Extreme 1. It was really bad. The Extreme <laughs> games were... Like, it was... It's like watching a kid with no arms play baseball and you ha- you want to cheer for it because it's <laughs> trying so hard and you want to cheer, but it's like, this just isn't very good. Yeah, it, you don't have the means to pull this off. I, I tried playing uh, Extreme 2 and I mean, I didn't... That's the one I loved as a kid for what it's worth. I didn't, I didn't despise it, but there's a yeah. boss that is just like so badly designed and it's like a giant face sphinx or something and it's like it's almost impossible to not get hit by its attacks and it's <sighs> fucking i think i remember what you're talking about the, I, that game kind of falls apart in the fortress stages i think they get it gets kind of x 60 yeah it's it doesn't really know how to make honestly like at that point just start porting x bosses over because clearly like i don't think they knew how to really do the design and they didn't know how to do X design on Game Boy. And, I mean, granted, who the fuck would? It's the Game Boy Color. Like, it's so ambitious to try that. Yeah. And they just end up tripping on their shoelaces. You're just working with mm-hmm. so much... You're, you're working with so little screen real estate that it's really hard to design bosses around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, I connected like, a lot with Extreme 2 as a kid. Mostly, I think, because... You could actually... You could switch between playing as X and as Zero, like, with a button press in that one, right? Yeah. I, that, yeah, that's I pretty think cool. it was about as simple as that. Yeah, and I don't think any of the other games did that until maybe, like, X8. Yeah. Or yeah, even, and that, even that one. X7, I think, did it, but, uh, uh, spoilers, it did it okay, and the rest of the game around it was dog shit, so, you know. Yeah. X7 Extreme did it, did it and then also you couldn't play as X and... <laughs> yeah, you had to like beat half, half of the game, which was a great decision, I think. Because mm-hmm. then that's... people would know by the time that they you would get that. Oh, this isn't actually good anyway. <laughs> well, I, they stopped playing before they got the titular character. Yes, he does have a really big charge shot. All right, X seven and Mega Man five. Mega Man has a really big charge shot, and it feels really good. It like does. I'm kind of I'm kind of doing the the finger thing where I'm like index finger forming a circle with my thumb and the, oh, the finger thing means up. money. I'm just like, yes, yes. I'm doing is- a different finger thing. I don't know what you guys. Are <laughs> so, Mega Man Five and Mega Man X Seven have really big charge shots, and I really like it. Yeah, they do. I like it too. And then they make smaller in Mega Man Six. It's- they make it smaller. They they had it, and then they took away that one good thing in five. It's not the size of the ocean; it's the motion in the, the, lo- the it's lotion. It's the speed of is the that how it goes? <laughs> Where well, were Mega, we? Mega Man Six is uh, all ocean, no motion. Yeah. <laughs> Mega Man Six is what if we took these games that we've done a lot and made them as bland? Let's take the flavor out. It's it's all it's all grit, no steak. I don't yeah. think that's Walmart brand Mega Man. It, yeah, it's 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 a Chinese knockoff made by Capcom, and it's very upsetting. Like it's it's like you got your old superhero out of retirement to go go through like his his classic adventures, and you're like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this anymore, should he? <laughs> it's it's uh somebody it's... get Gene Simmons off stage. <laughs> 
fucking... It's that storyline where Batman's, like, too old to be fighting anymore, and he has to, like, wear a brace on his back or whatever to try and do it anymore, and he's like, no, I can still do it. Then he gets fucked up because he had hubris. It's like that Metal Gear game where Snake's too old. And he melts his face on a microwave. Yep. <laughs> Somebody said that to me, like, about the game, is the microwave sequence is so amazing, and it's like, what, does Snake fucking trip and break his eggs in there? <laughs> I, I honestly, before I played the game, was like, man, when is this microwave thing going to come up? Because this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> And then it is. I, and then it's just as ridiculous as you thought it would be. <laughs> it was. I was like, um, don't you have a little robot that could go do this? Exactly! I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they justify it somehow, because Kojima spends a lot of time making sure, well, no, all those things that you have in your arsenal don't work for X, Y, and Z reason in this sequence. Nanomachine, so like, son. Yeah, like... She's photosynthetic. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. God. Wait, who? Oh, fuck. Who was... Okay, who's photosynthetic? Uh, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it in a bit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Alright. John, like, don't say spoilers for V yet, please. (laughs) Really? Oh, no. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think people were talking about that, like, obsessively. Yeah, well... That's a spoiler, John! People don't know it! Oh. And by she, you mean, uh, the end, who is also photosynthetic. Yes. And by also, I mean only photosynthetic. Only photosynthetic. Basically, why am I still talking? Because we're just going to cut this. Hey, Mega Man Zero! Mega Man Zero is a good game. So, Mega Man Zero 2 is my favorite. Um, And then I went and played it again, and it's like, okay, so he took all this really weird, cool, kind of experimental game, and then kind of file changed it all to be more like a regular Mega Man game. And that initially really disappointed me. I think that was one of the first few times where uh, I remember kind of like. Like, understanding, like, a game design and appreciating it was when I bought Mega Man Zero uh, Two and started playing it. I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of, like, missing everything that I thought was really cool and interesting about the first game. Yeah. So, you lear- you le- you keep all, like, the great controls and the perfect animation and the really smart stage designs and boss designs but then all of this kind of macroscopic stuff this stuff about the whole the whole picture the, the structure big picture everything about it it's the is, things that you don't think about that you're missing the most exactly yeah and that's that's just all that's just all gone and it's a mega man game you fight a boss at the end and then get a weapon and that's that's disappointing yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I I still I still like I still like one, two, and three a lot. I think those games are great, but it's really disappointing that you lose all of the cool stuff that they tried to do differently uh, from the first mm-hmm. game. I kind of want to revisit ZX because I feel like in a lot of ways that game might be more of a successor to Zero One than Zero Two is. It's a lot more open worldy than I thought it would be. Uh, ZX and ZX Advent. Mm-hmm. I've heard the ZX games are really good, and I've mm-hmm. just never bothered to buy them. I guess. They're I mean, I've, I've, I don't own a PSP, and I bought uh, Powered Up and uh, uh, Maverick Hunter X mm-hmm. just in the case. Good. Ever. Powered I've Up heard... is amazing. 
I've mm-hmm. played Powered Up a little bit, and I borrowed my sister's PSP. I was like, this is going to go great. And then I found out that her uh, her uh, analog stick or whatever, it doesn't work when oh, I hit oh, it up. Oh, no. And I, it's, oh. the mo- it's so unplayable, and it makes me not like the game, so I had to turn it off. Because I, c- uh. I couldn't stand what it was making me think. And in oh, retrospect, no. I don't really like Maverick Hunter X all that much at all. Yeah, I, I, played the- through, I played through it once and forgot about it on a friend's PSP, and then didn't think about it again. The only thing that I think really, like, you can say about that one is it's the first time that X voice acting hasn't been embarrassing or poorly poorly done to a comedic extent. Like, X6, I think the fucking funniest thing about that stupid-ass game is that they were so lazy, so goddamn (laughs) lazy, that they left in the Japanese voice actors in the PS1 version. That's hysterical. I think it was more just the fact that it would cost more to redub it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but, and at that point, like, the Mega Man games weren't quite... They were still selling enough to merit being made and released here, but they weren't enough to, like, to what it would cost to have it redubbed, voice acted, and localized. But I think the craziest thing is they, they missed out, like, the easiest thing. Just fucking mute it. Yeah. Like, just completely, you don't need, that's what they did in the PS2, like, port of x I kind of wish they hadn't, I kind of liked listening to the voices. I, I thought it was funny, because it was, it was so bizarre, because I rented all the Mega Man X games as a kid, and I got X5, and I beat it, and that clearly meant something was wrong, because I shouldn't be beating these games yet, and I got X6, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here, because this isn't right, like, it just doesn't feel right. It's kind There's... of that's kind of a common practice for Capcom around that time because um, when I bought Breath of Fire four, you know they usually do these cute little anime openings and the uh, the an- and um, for those um, openings in the past they had done an alternate English version of the song that goes with it and they did not do that for four. So it's kind of like a thing where they were kind of cutting down on uh, localizing and dubbing uh, voiceover kind of things. And they didn't. Uh, they didn't do that for eight either. I want to mm-hmm. say because I know eight had a Japanese opening or a, an anime style opening, mm-hmm. and they didn't do the music for that one. They didn't do it with X five, and I want to say they didn't do it with X six. Fuck, I don't think they did it for any of those games. I listened to the Japanese X eight opening, and that song. Holy shit, I love that song. Mm-hmm. It's called Wild Fang. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's good. And I, I read the lyrics to it, and I was like, this. I don't know if this really fits too great with Mega Man, but whatever. Whatever. It sounds it's, good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not, like, it's not like I don't... I don't understand the intricacies of the Japanese language, so I can't be like, this doesn't fit with my robot games. No, if you listen to like the Japanese lyrics to anything... It, it, that it, that is like related to a product. It it never matches. They just kind of love throwing words at the wall willy nilly. You'll hear a lot about the wind in those songs. Yes, um, and um and hopes and dreams. Yes, hopes, dreams, the, the future, Mirai. Yeah, fucking all over the place. Yep. Um, my favorite is listening to Super Sentai and Common Rider songs when they'll shoehorn in the name of the toys. Oh, yeah. And that's my favorite thing in the world, because it's so abrasive and funny. So, Zero Two. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Meat. No, it's nice. It's fun listening, and I was, I was listening to Wild Thing. Oh, that my God, funny. that song is so good. So, I played Zero Two, and I was like, this structure is really disappointing. So then... 
I beat every level in one life getting an A rank without using Cyber Elves. Mm. Um, oh my god. It was geez. really fun. Um, and then I went back because on zero one, I'd only gotten, I hadn't beaten the last level in one life because it's really long and hard, whereas the rest of the levels are really short. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent like two hours and I did that. And it was really satisfying because Copy X is really fun and interesting. Do you think that those games would have been better if they went with the original idea and had it be the the actual X? As the villain, I was thinking about that a lot while playing the game. Um, I don't know. I think it works really fine as it is. It does, and I think it would have worked okay the other way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm... I don't think about the story to Mega Man enough that I th- I really wonder, well, how did, did they ruin it or anything? I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. Mega Man. I'll, well, I'll think, accept it. I think Zero's story is more kind of philosophically loaded than the vast majority of Mega Man games. So whatever they did, it worked out pretty well. And I, I feel like the original character of X adds a lot to that game in his character and the way he talks to Zero in the conclusion. Um, being like, just let me rest for a while, please. And Zero's like, okay, I'll fight. And then he does. And that also also kind of lends added poignancy with Copy X being like this copy of a hero who is just like desperate to live up to this legacy. And then we find out in Zero Three that Zero himself is in a copied body and he has to fight. And the final boss is the original Zero's body. So it's this weird thing, like what is your, his identity? What is this? And it, I feel it, like it goes a lot deeper than a game about fighting robots should. <laughs> but it's <laughs> really cool that it does. Yeah, I think that that's probably like where I was starting. Like, if you put a gun to my head, I still couldn't tell you much about the plot of the X series because at that point, like when I started playing, I was a kid, so I was playing them and just not caring about the story. So that's probably why. The story in Z, like uh, the story in the Zero series, is stuff that I can kind of rattle off factoids about. But then when it gets deeper into that, I'm like, I don't care. I was playing a fun shooty game. <laughs> but it's stuff that I've kind of come to enjoy more as I've thought more about it. Which, which is insane that like you think about any of the Mega Man game stories and don't come away from it thinking that's ridiculous. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But when but the Zero series actually kind of rewards you for thinking about the story and thinking about it in terms of the gameplay and things like that. It's it's not at all what you'd expect from the the series that it had been up until that point. Because the X series plot, like I don't. People who take that seriously are laughable, typically. Yes. <laughs> but but the Zero series actually has a plot worth kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. And that's it. that was also part of my problem, is I, I liked the X series, but I knew, okay, just don't read this shit, who cares? It's mm-hmm. fucking... He, I got it, I get it, Sigma's bad, and who cares? Yeah. And I remember and, people going into Zero... complaining to me that they didn't like the Zero games, being like, what? there's all these words here, and it's so boring, and I don't care. Uh, and I was just like, but, but, but. but did you read them? No. Am I oh. gay? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like, it's sort of a Game Boy Advance thing, like with Metroid Fusion. And it's like, yes, there's lots of words here, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of cool, good. <laughs> <laughs> they make fun points and they, they make you think. It makes it 
It's it's interesting. It's good. Listen here, egghead. I ain't playing games to think shit. I mean, that that's sort of the thing is realizing playing Mega Man X and then Mega Man Zero and then just thinking about the ways that the Game Boy Advance library is so, so different from, like, equivalent SNES games. Yeah. Even though they're on ostensibly the same hardware. Like that, Metroid that, Fusion versus Super Metroid and Mega Man Zero versus Mega Man X. And it's really cool. It was really interesting that you essentially had a, a pocket SNES. And that was mm-hmm. so... It, it, those games were kind of what were able to prove that. And I mean, granted, they're n- I don't know if I'd say they're completely like technologically the same thing. But it's so amazing to me that mm-hmm. they were able to do shit like that and make it that impressive looking on what really should have been very simplistic hardware. Mm-hmm. And the fact that a lot of the Game Boy Advance games impress me just in ways that the SNES games don't even come close to doing. Um, the Zero Story, the Zero Story um, impresses me in a completely different way from X1's. And while I really like the way X1 is presented, it's a completely different valid aesthetic approach zero is just this whole other beast that i really love and the same with metroid fusion i love that game um i've actually been thinking a lot about metroid fusion because people were talking about that being but that's a whole other thing um, <laughs> do you think do you think that it beats the other metroid game that everyone loves uh, other no uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 I know that um, I know that other M gets a lot of love out there, in the, especially in these parts. But I, I gotta say, Fusion is better. <laughs> I oh, stance there. Way yeah. to go out on a limb. Way too bold of a statement. My my thing with Fusion is that the way the people I follow on Twitter will be like, "Oh, Chrono Cross and or Metroid Fusion are just the best sequels ever. They're better than the games they're sequels to." Uh-uh. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I I rag on these games." And trust me, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I get and appreciate what these games do differently. I just think that they fail at it in a few key ways. So it's like they get ragged on for such shitty games like Chrono Cross or Fusion get ragged on for really shitty reasons. Yeah. But then when you when like I rag on them for things I really thought a lot about, like I don't really like Metroid Fusion's ending. Yeah. Or Chrono Cross's ending. I think I don't think Metroid Fusion really sticks the landing. No. Um, or Chrono Cross, and if they did, I'd be like, yes, yes, you're absolutely right, this is undersung masterpiece thing, but... Um, As it stands, they're just kind of good. Yeah, exactly. So people will be, will be like, these games are these unsung masterpieces, and it's like, I agree with you that these are ragged on for really shitty reasons, but also... The word, the word masterpiece has lost a lot of credence in the gaming industry <laughs> because, I mean, you could call a lot of games masterpieces for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but not all of them are masterpieces. I, I try to think about that a lot before I use that. I used it a lot for a long time. <laughs> like, um, Ice Climbers is a cute game. When you call, when you call it a masterpiece, <laughs> you're sort like... Mozart made masterpieces. Ice Climbers, it's cute. It's not worth forty dollars. <laughs> no. Now, Dark Souls. Now, Dark Souls. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like Game Boy. That's that was my observation coming off of Mega Man Zero Two, was and the Zero games. I really love Zero One as a complete thing, 
And then I love and while the sequels are very much kind of video game sequels and are much more conservative, I think they come together to form a very complete thing. And I really like the Zero series as a whole. I really like Game Boy Advance games, and I think they're really interesting in comparison to the games they came off of. And um, Mega Man's great. Mega Man's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall I continue? Shall I go on to another another thing? Sure. Cool. I play. I downloaded Pac Man 256. This sounds cool. Give us give us a rundown of what this is. It's sort of like Pac Man: The Endless Runner. Um, where the maze stretches off infinitely in one direction and you're being chased by the glitch from level 256 as it eats the stage up behind you. So it's really the, cool. It's it's based yeah. on it's based on the kill screen uh, because you know the old hardware couldn't render stages above 255. Exactly. Um, and then when you hit, that's where you know we got a we got a kill screen coming up is when the game just fucking dies because it can't process anymore so they made a game about this you know this glitch and that's the really cool glitch it's, it's really cool so the essential fault of pac-man has always been it's really boring to chase down like the last couple dots on the screen yeah. right yeah that's yeah. so everything that actually builds off that has been about fixing that so pac-man ce right yeah pac-man championship edition deluxe is so God. Yeah. It's so, so 256 isn't Pac-Man Championship Edition Deluxe. It's pretty fucking cool, though. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. It works great on a touchscreen. Um, and it's just the endless runner. You're moving around. You're moving forward. The the ghost behaviors are very smart. It feels like they're designed not to kind of trap you in shitty situations. Um, it's fun to double back. You get create chains by building up by... Um, eating as many dots in a row as you can. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you miss a few dots, they just keep eating them by the glitch. Um, it sounds yeah. like it's a cute idea. It's one of those... Just hearing the idea, it sounds like it's maybe a little too winky for my tastes. Like, it's it's <laughs> too... I don't know, like, fourth wall breaking kind of thing. And I think it's cute. I like the aesthetic. I like. I really like the glitch. Because the glitch will start, like, eating enemies, and they'll just disappear, or it'll create spawn enemies, and they'll spawn in, like, a little glitch warp thing. It sounds fun, though. Like, it does yeah. sound kind of fun. Um, the, the, it's a freemium game. Um, mm. Yeah. But it's, it's like the freemium stuff in Alpha Bear, like, like Polly was talking about. It's about, it's probably a little less obtrusive than that. Uh, and... You can always, always, always just play a game and play it until you die, and then that's your score. And you can do that as many times as you want with no no ads, no obtrusions whatsoever. Um, but you can, like, earn credits and then purchase power-ups and use those power-ups. And then you can continue once at the end of a round with you spending one credit. Um uh -huh. And it's very ignorable or also engage with the bull. I haven't come anywhere close to running out of credits. Um, so I heard a thing about this game. Yeah. And I'm not sure if this is completely true, but I heard, like, I think they talked about it on the Bombcast, where if you run out of credits, it gives you, like, a special option to buy unlimited credits. But it only shows you that if you run out. Huh. Which is 
kind of fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. No, wait. I think I, I think I found a thing for unlimited credits in the options menu. Maybe they tweaked oh. it like in an update or something. I downloaded it just Maybe. the other day. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, so that's cute. I heard about that ages ago. And it's not – it's very much an iPhone game in, in a lot of the – a mainstream big iPhone game in the way – with a lot of the kind of weird stuff that accompanies that. Um, it's not like ridiculously stripped down and cool like Ziggurat or something mm. or Pac-Man CE for that matter. Um, but it's neat. I like it. Cool. And – I also just downloaded a bunch of Jeff Minter games for free. On my <laughs> and those are really fun. I, I don't really have any deep thoughts on any of them. They're just a bunch of games with llamas and minotaurs. His games are usually very easy to pick up, play, and have some fun with and put down. A lot Did he of just what? put those all out or something? Yep. One of them is just Robotron, but with Ghostron. Also... Oh my god. But, but also it fires automatically, which completely changes how it feels. It's really weird and cool. Um, I downloaded Grid Runner, which I never played. So I, I've been wanting to dig into Jeff Minter stuff for a long time, and never really gotten the chance. So this is good shit. Wait till it's you cool. get to wait till you get to Grid Runner plus plus plus. That game is <laughs> that game's something. That's too many pluses. That, that game's hard to wrap your brain around. Is that N plus 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 or wait? <laughs> <laughs> well, this, well, see, there's like Grid Runner, which was like from 1982. Mm-hmm. And then there's Grid Runner Plus Plus, which he did in 2002, I want to say. Uh, and then there's Grid Runner Plus Plus Plus. I think that came oh out God. in 2012, I want to say. So this uh, these are decades apart. Yeah, these games are pretty Weird. far That's apart. Amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, his work seems really cool. I want to play Space Draft, among other things. Oh God, that game. Woo. Yeah. yeah have cool. your make sure you've got a lot of Visine ready. Yeah. Um. And I also played another game. What'd you play? That we'll talk about next episode. I downloaded. <laughs> um, so, do y'all know the devil? Oh, okay, this one. Do I know I... the devil? Uh, I don't have a funny joke for that. Okay, <laughs> well, I, I know the devil. I bought AVB's visual novel, We Know the Devil, for $666. At we know the devil.com. No, six hundred six dollars and sixty six. I was about to say, what How the fuck? How fucking good is this game? <laughs> <laughs> um, written by AVB, who um, curates the um, web publication Zeal, which I've written two articles for. And, yes, you have. Um, and yeah, it's he, he doesn't write yeah. for socks anymore. No, he's too good for my side. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zeal pays money. <laughs> Kick him off. Mute his mic. Yep, you're done, son. <laughs> Karasu, are you interested in being? Are you interested in being a regular podcast host? Oh my god, this is the only reason I came on. <laughs> We're just gonna call you replacement, John. Okay, but yeah, that'll be your funny. job from here on. Right, Actually, he's replacement boner. Actually, yeah, you're gonna be replacement boner. All right, it's, I love boners. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, other things. This is- it's a visual novel written by ABB, illustrated by Mia Schwartz, with music by Alec Lambert. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been kind of hyped for a couple months. Yeah, it's, I've been hearing but, about it a lot. Uh huh. Well, that's because I retweet every time I hear yeah, about that's it. That's what, probably why. Yeah, <laughs> I was just really hyped for it for whatever reason. Just because I really, really love ABB's writing, and just 
I don't know. It's like horror, gay Sailor Moon stuff. <sighs> what? Sailor Moon's Surreal. already pretty gay, but okay. Surreal. It's like it's it's um subtitle here is a surreal summer camp dystopia, mm-hmm. um, but really it's just like this very down to earth story with three teenagers and their relationships. And the structure is that you don't fall, you don't pick a main character and play through three different routes. You pick two characters who are closer to each other than they are with the other character. And at the end of the game, and then throughout that story, the third character gets excluded. Oh. Yeah. So there's three different routes, one for each character being the odd one out, being the third wheel, essentially. Mm. Um, and, oh. And um, then they and there's the devil, <laughs> and they're 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 in summer camp and they're been as punishment they're stuck in this um, cabin. Where it's an awful summer camp. Like we, I feel like a lot of people know that have yeah. that memory. And by it's Christian cut summer camp, and they're put in this cabin where they're supposed to wait for the devil to appear and fight him off, or just. They need to stay up and sleep in shifts and whatnot. Um, it's super magical realist where they're, they know that the God, God and the devil are real and are very, and they're very afraid that the devil might show up. Um, so really the whole, it's just a 30 minute long slow burn um, as we're falling, keep it kind of learning about these characters and one and two of them are gradually getting closer than the other one, and then one of them gets excluded at the end, and then it has a really yeah, and then really heavy, gorgeous endings for each character. Something you don't. Um, there's want a fourth to... ending that I'm gonna get to really quick soon, and hopefully I've heard that really <clears throat> ties it all together emotionally in a really cool way. Um, it's really beautiful. It's really gorgeous. Um, it's a great, great game, great visual novel. As someone I really love it. As someone who's enjoyed a lot of visual novels. You say that it's worth the $666. <laughs> yes. No, okay, it's worth, it's definitely worth $6.66. <laughs> it's probably worth $6.66 and then me paying $6.66 for a few of my friends to play it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I really like it. Um. I'd say it's my game of the year 2015 so far, but the only other game from this year I played is 10 Billion Wives. So. <laughs> my game of the year so far for 2015 is actually um, Mad Max, the movie. I didn't actually play the game. <laughs> oh. Mad Max, the movie, is my game of the year, too, actually. <laughs> I was thinking I could put Mad Max on my favorite anime, and no one would yeah. argue that. No. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to play a couple other 2015 games before the end of the year so I can have some competition. Um, you're still beating I, me, man. My, my, my 2015 game of the year is Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> my, hey, Last so, of Us was my number yeah, two last year. Yeah, this is a really, year, really so. and then Last of Us wasn't game even that I think is super year. important and worth checking out at WeKnowTheDevil.com. Absolutely, it's something Just that I'm probably two thumbs up. Probably really high I, recommendation here. I'll probably and check into. Yeah, as, I love it a lot. As someone who enjoys the works of Christine Love cool. and others, <laughs> right. I play one more game. It wasn't. Uh, so, I think, it, I think yeah. we're good. 
Yeah. I saw the <laughs> Frontier. No, no. I'm no, so excited. I've been excited for ages because I've, the last. Dreading yeah. This, dreading this for months, thinking he's going to play. I was just hoping he'd forget. Game. I was hoping he'd forget. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, the last proper Saga game I played all of was Saga 2, like, almost a year ago now. Um, and then I beat Saga 3, which was dreadful. But you Uh, did finish it. Yeah, I finished Saga 3. (laughs) But that's not, that's not even really a Saga game, let's be real. Yes, the really Saga game was Romancing, and you skipped that one. Yes, but Romancing is really, um... And aren't there sequels to that? Aren't there three of those? Yeah, I skipped... Okay, way ahead. Romancing Saga 2 hasn't been translated into English yet. Um, oh. Gideon Z is working on it. <laughs> it's, it's They're working on it. It's like a threat. Alien Genesis is working on it. I've been keeping up violently um, Googling this guy and finding obscure forums where he's posted about still working on this game so I can know the last thing I found was three months ago. So I think he's still working on it. <laughs> Um, I was just thinking of like old forum posts that are like, "Oh, this was posted in 2007, huh?" No, this this, this is a translation that's been like years and years and years in the making. And those are always the most depressing, though, because yeah. you, you know it's like one argument between translators away <laughs> from never happening, and just a, a frowny face post of "Sorry, guys, we're not doing this anymore," and you just realize I will never see this game translated. <sighs> But this is the head of Aeon Genesis who's working on this. He's seen dozens of projects through to completion. And, and he's Saga broke he's still, them. He's promised he's still working on it. Um, and Romancing Saga 2 is supposedly the best one in the trilogy. And 3 has a translation that's probably that's supposedly just kind of okay from 10 years ago. Um, so I kind of wanted to play 3, but I thought it would be nice to play 2 first and 1 is really bad uh, <laughs> but interesting i kind of want to go back to it at some point i'd rather play that more than saga 3 um or secret of mana and um but i didn't want to go skip straight to romancing saga 3 i kind of wanted to play 2 first and so i went to saga frontier which is a lot of people's favorite saga game anyway so i was really excited <laughs> this, is the, ga- this is the game that everybody bought because so that's a lot of people's favorites anyway. So I was really excited to get to Saga Frontier in the first place. So I was like, okay, I'll skip the Japanese only SNES games and go straight to the one that actually came out here. Let me tell so you why every. Let me tell you why everybody. <laughs> let me tell you why everybody Ooh. bought Saga Frontier. All right, I've only played for about three, three or four hours. So everybody far. bought Saga um, Frontier. There's every- seven different characters. And they all have different roots and stories. One of them is a robot who learns about feelings. So it's kind of like that. Other <laughs> game. Let me tell you why everybody bought Saga Frontier, okay? okay. You give me okay. you give me the lowdown Here we go. of how this felt. In Every, everybody bought Saga Frontier because Final Fantasy VII was good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's it. And then, they bought, and then they brought that home and were like, the <laughs> fuck is this shit? <laughs> I played Final Fantasy II. Final Fantasy 3, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 7 was like, yeah, Square can do no wrong. And then they put this shit out, and what the Best fuck? game they'd released yet. <laughs> well, you know, Final Fantasy 7 gave them enough goodwill to survive as a company. So yeah, because for them, they're, they're still here. here. And then they put out Chrono Cross, and, and then they put out Xeno Trigger. Gears, Xeno Gears, Gears, and. Oh, all games. Man, they that, were on a all, fucking... all of these are games that people on my Twitter love. Terrible streak there. 
Um, no, I, I know at least like 10 people, who, or at least like five people who would like fight to the death for Final Fantasy VIII and Chrono Cross. Oh, and, and that one too. I, it's Soccer just... Frontiers. Soccer Frontiers. What is that? Hits over the, there. the hits just keep coming. Yeah. Don't know anyone who really likes Erg, Ergies. I don't know anybody who could pronounce that fucking game's name because <laughs> that's that's just them spitting out letters. But so but like nobody hates that game because it's a fighting game. Like there aren't expectations. Mm-hmm. So, so sorry, that's no problem. Um, so Saga Frontier, I can imagine it being a little bit weird for people <laughs> at the time. I imagine it was a little bit strange for people of that era to go straight from Final Fantasy VIII to Saga Frontier. As an aficionado of this series, you could say up to this point, who'd played every American released saga game up to that point, not that you would know that because they were called Final Fantasy Legend. Um, it's really neat. It's really cool. Um, I, I played the Amelia route so far, which starts out with um, you walking home, you're, you walking home and finding out that your husband was murdered. And then you're framed for the crime and put in prison, and you have to escape the prison mm-hmm. um, with two other ladies. Um, and it's <sighs> all right. So obviously, just playing it, it's very much not like a square RPG from that time frame because the dungeon design was really nuts. It was like really dense and interconnecting and full of like one-way paths where I'd like find myself back at the beginning of the dungeon and be like oh shit i can't go back that way um i'm really selling y'all on this aren't i yeah uh, just, i'm gonna <laughs> load it up as soon as we're done here yeah i'm gonna buy yeah. final fantasy 7 too yeah <laughs> metal gear solid yeah. 5 who wants to play dumb old metal gear solid 5 i've got saga frontier waiting for me is that the one with that broad named uh uh, uh meryl yeah that's what it that's is that's the one so and the combat engine is super <laughs> saga-y you um, you don't have your HP gets refilled at the end of every battle. Um, you also have LP, which are your life points. And when <laughs> <laughs> you were so excited about that, I'm sorry, you were so excited. <laughs> I, I, I put this game on my best games I haven't played yet list about a year ago. I've been really pumped up about this. The last three games, the last game, two games I played on that list were her Majora's Mask. Um, so you have your LP, and when you die, you take one LP damage, and then if the monsters attack your fallen body, you take multiple LP damage, and then you can only get LP cured by going to an inn. If you run out of LP, then you're just sunk. You can't heal at all. No items will revive you. The character is done. Yeah, until you get to an end. So that's a cool thing, right? Oh, so it's not like a permanent thing, like Dragon no, was, Quarter or something? That was, that was Saga 1. Yeah, Saga 1 had LP as well. Mm-hmm. So. so they they made it easier. And but you all, and you also refill life at the end of every battle. So you, there's no post-battle um, uh, healing thing, which is, but it still maintains sort of a resource collection, resource management aspect. Yeah. And also, you have dub weapon energy, which is all, which also goes down until you go back to an end. Um, That's WP. Yes, and there's also JP. All of my characters have zero out of zero JP. This game's got all the P. I don't know what it stands for. I don't know what it does. 
I'll assume it'll become important later. Um, um, the funnest thing, though, the most fun thing, is that instead of learning techniques... Uh, oh, by the way, you also don't level up. You gain stats randomly at the end of every <laughs> fight instead of leveling up. Uh, so super it's not, intuitive. It's not like that Final sucks. Fantasy 2 where like you use a weapon and then that weapon will level up. You just get... It's just whatever the fuck you get some status. <laughs> Saga Frontier, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they put that on the box. And um, when, during a fight, you'll use an ability, and then a light bulb will appear over one of the characters' heads, and they'll learn a random new ability and then use that on the enemies. And it's really cool and satisfying, because like in the middle of combat, they'll just be like, light bulb, and then boom, hit the I enemy. I think so, because that sounds like awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to learn like random spells. I want to. I, I, that's what was so cool about like materia. You just put it on there and you can do it. Like, oh, yeah, if you want to play a game like Final Fantasy VII and yeah, that game makes sense and is all if you, cool. If you, you want to play something fucking intuitive, <laughs> if you want to play something you can understand and not look, the whole point of these games is that they feel like mysterious, inscrutable alien machines. And <laughs> If you want to be confused and terrified. <laughs> you, yes! Yes, exactly! If you want to be confused and terrified and have somebody speak to you in a language you don't quite understand that sounds like English but isn't quite and feel and just feel like you can't quite grasp what's going on and everything Play is Digimon just out of your control <laughs> and this big burbling ball of energy that's threatening to just envelop you if you don't hold it in just the right way then you play a saga game if you want to experience a story and characters and whatever then go play fucking Final Fantasy 7 any other game <laughs> every actual game that just sounds like playing chess with a dementia patient <laughs> <laughs> now you can't, you, can't, you can't use the rook those are broken pieces. <laughs> you're not, fuck? you're not wrong, but they're awesome. I, I don't, I don't know how that descriptor was like. That's gonna be awesome. You're right. Okay, and also the games are super open. Like I just found the next plot token, and then just explored the sewers and underneath the city and then at the bottom of the sewers there was an opening to like a cave and I explored a cave and I went to the bottom of the cave and then found a giant pit full of spiders that just killed me. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds, you can't, sounds you can't, pretty intuitive. You can't run away from battles either. So I went in and, <laughs> What? <laughs> I can't scratch any of these guys. I guess I should have saved. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> You know why running in an RPG is a good idea? For situations like that. And I just found out that um, I went to the airport, and it's like, oh, by the way, you can visit every town on every planet in the solar system now. Yeah, the game is and, just like, it blows uh, itself wide open, like, and right by, as soon as you get in. Yeah, and by the way, there's no plot now. You just go do whatever you want. Um which is a great idea for an RPG where all enemies, like, enemies aren't tailored to your level. So if you go to one wrong <laughs> town, you're Well, again, there's no leveling. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Man. I'm remembering all of the things about this game vividly. I'm pretty sure it randomly replaces your abilities, too, when you <laughs> your ability and run out room. So it's like playing a game with a little kid who just keeps rewriting the rules. It's like, wait, no, I no, not anymore. That was too good. Fuck now, I understand why this doesn't sound like the best possible video game experience if you want to be all formal and prescriptive. <laughs> if you want to enjoy yourself. <laughs> I think it's really cool, and I'm enjoying myself so far. And... This sounds like a game that I would react like I played it as a child, and I'd say, what the fuck is this garbage? But That's I'd be what right. To me. <laughs> no, when, you play, when I play a game as, as a kid... And I didn't understand them. It was just like, whoa, what is this? This is so weird and mysterious. I'm not going to play it anymore because it's confusing. Um, <laughs> so now I'm an adult and, and there's no games that give me those reactions except for the Saga games, except that I still keep playing them. Um, so it's just like these games kind of scare me like and intimidate me. And it's really cool and interesting um, just wrestling with this machine that keeps changing its own rules. Um, so, so Romancing awesome. Saga 1 was too much for me because it's, in addition to being all this, it also, I think it's buggy and I think it actually doesn't even, like, it's hard to tell. But how would you know in a game yeah, like no, this? Yeah, no shit, it doesn't okay. sound like you you can tell that it's buggy. It just sounds okay. like it's buggy to I don't fuck know it. if Romancing Saga 1 is buggy, um, but it's all, Romancing Saga 1 is really ugly and really hard to listen to, um, oh, and really yeah. feels bad. Saga Frontier, the fights are quick, and they feel good, and periodically your characters will randomly initiate a combination <laughs> attack. It's starting to sound familiar. Um, just depend. They'll randomly do a combination attack where you'll combine your moves at once and hit the guy with the super powerful attack. It's really cool. Um, it's like Chrono Trigger, but, you know, it's more random. I won't take anything and, away from this game's um, visuals or sound though. They're fantastic. Really pretty. It's gorgeous oh, to look what at. Shame. To to. <laughs> well, you know what? Nothing else is like this, Reed. Can you think of another RPG that sounds like what I'm talking about? No, no I usually play good ones. Okay. <laughs> this I is everything Shit. It I got like I got paid like a hundred bucks to write wax poetic about these games about one of these games. Nobody else would. I'm trying to look. I've only played actually played three of these games and really only two. So I feel like I'm sort of the saga guy in this circle now, and yeah. I feel like I need to live up to that. And I want to play more of these games so I can keep living up to that. Anyone else? Hey, don't worry. You're, it's no race. <laughs> You're, it's <laughs> not a competition. Nobody else is going to win. That's true. Prez has still only played the first one. Can you believe that? Wow. Oh, yes. Um, Fresno, that lucky bastard. <laughs> he wanted to play Final Fantasy Adventure after Saga 1. And I was like, what? No, Saga 2. No. I, if, if, you, if I played the first one and you said, no, the sequel's good too, I'd be like, No. I disagree. <laughs> I haven't played it, and I disagree. Yeah. Saga Frontiers, Saga 1 and 2 are really good, but they're also pretty linear and straightforward. It's just that the combat is what's so, like, obtuse and terrifying because you can irrevocably fuck up your file and not be able to... <laughs> your file? Yeah, you have to... Re In Saga 1 and 2, if you, like, make a mistake, then you probably have to restart the whole game. 
Or if a, a mistake just randomly happens to oh, you. Oh, yeah, it could, you could also just randomly lose one of your most powerful abilities in the last dungeon. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Sounds you, ha you have to be ready to prepare for that stuff, because that's just how the universe is. You have to be ready and prepared for things to happen that don't make any actual, like, intuitive sense and you're not warned about. Yes. The way you're describing <laughs> this game makes it sound like how Darkseid Phil refers to every single game he plays. <laughs> that, that's bullshit! There's no way I would've known that happened! It's so Look, random! Everything y'all are saying is true. <laughs> But it's also fantastic. I can appreciate that you appreciate these games. Thanks. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, it was a bit of a trial with Romantic Saga One because that game actually is just that's. I, I checked the 2006 Famitsu Top 100 poll. That was the be, that was their favorite saga game was Romantic Saga One. What the fuck? On Super all, in all sincerity, I am. Yeah. I'm impressed how much you're going to the bat for this game because this this sounds like you know Hitler did a lot of things, <laughs> but he could work a beer hall like nobody's business. I everything about Saga Frontier is kind of poking me in just the ways I was kind of interested in and hoping for. In addition to being really pretty and. Loads a hell of a lot. The battles load a hell of a lot faster than um, like Final Fantasy VIII and whatnot. Yeah, this is, is just like boom, and you're in and out. Like, which is great. The, the battle is really super fast in this game. Yeah, which is good because there's like five or six times as many of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember Romantic Saga One's encounter rate? It's it's oh, pretty. Oh my god. Um, Saga Frontier Two is really pretty too. Looking, I showed Anna some screenshots of that, and she was actually kind of awestruck. That's the one with the watercolor backgrounds. Yeah. Now, now yeah. you said she doesn't like RPGs, right? Is it because you made her? Oh, she play loves one of RPGs. These? Oh, she, okay. I thought you yeah. said... That's what exclusively what she likes. Basically, she loves Chrono Trigger and Pokemon and Persona Four. Um, and she was looking at Sock Frontier and being like, "That's actually really pretty." And can I play that? And I was like, "This probably isn't your jam." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this isn't anyone's jam. Mm -hmm. Saga Frontier Two is supposedly a lot more linear and constrained, and maybe more restrained in the saga-ness. Yeah. So that might make a really, that might make a cool entrance level game in the series for somebody at some point. So I, and plus it's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, that was my come away from Anna's reaction with the game was that she, we tried playing Chrono Cross after we played Chrono Trigger because bad moves. And she thought it was, she hated the way it looked because of the 3d models clashing with the 2d pre-rendered backgrounds she just couldn't get over how that the clashing to her, and then Saga Frontier has these two D sprites um, that look really nice with the pre-rendered backgrounds, mm -hmm. and then the three D battles. But it, it's still sprites, and I don't know. It it looks nice. <laughs> I, I especially like the uh, the particle effects. I think that yeah. like the attacks and stuff look super good uh, in that game. Yeah. So this is the Saga games are uniquely themselves they are themselves as much as possible and they hold no quarter and they are like nothing else um i can think of that i've ever that i've ever played uh and i'm interested and i'm really interested to see where saga frontier goes from here i have one question about frontier yeah do beat all does each of the seven characters have an arc or is it just whoever you start as that's who you are no, each seven each seven characters has an arc. Okay. 
But um, then why it, can you go everywhere in the game with each of them? That's because weird. because yes, you can also go everywhere and interact with the different characters. So it's extremely open ended um, with each of the characters. It's Jeez. like seven games in one. I think that's how they advertised. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it is because there's no last. There's no eighth quest. There's no hypersonic um, <laughs> to tie it all together. Good way. So of explaining. So in a way, it really is kind of like seven different games in this one world because there, it doesn't actually like cl- have a singular climax. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't well, like climaxes in games kinda, either. It kind of takes the pressure off. Like, oh, I, I need to pull seven. I, like, I don't have to climax. Boy, oh boy, that takes the pressure off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You must be a real hit with the ladies. Well, you take pressure off of climaxes, then that does make things less stressful for everybody involved. All right. Um, so, in conclusion, that con- I think that concludes the saga and sex advice hour. Um, okay. Clap to mark the podcast here. <laughs> it's an okay. The thing that you all should take away from this is that you should really play We Know the Devil. Okay. I'll probably do that. It's a half hour long, and you just you read it, and then you read the other two roots and the unique parts of the other two roots, and you have this beautiful, complete picked story. Um, and it's a lot less demanding than Saga. Can I just? Well, say how yeah. I would love it if I listened to this, and after you talked about that, you start you said something about Saga, and then it cuts to, and that ends the Saga and sex life so. <laughs> My balls <laughs> I've wanted to do that so many times over the course of this podcast. I barely talked about Saga. I had like one time where I talked about Saga 3 and Romancing Saga, one uh, time yeah. where I talked about Saga 2, and then for an hour and a half a piece. <laughs> These games are interesting and important. And you can't see me poking my finger down on my desk repeatedly as I say this to you. Staring you in the eye. This is important, Polly. Here, I'm banging on the desk now. There are a lot of games that, if you ever watch uh, Game Center CX, it's a Japanese program talking about a gentleman not very good at playing games. They discuss a lot of games. And they also refer to many games as interesting, which is a code word in Japanese because they're polite for shitty <laughs> so most interesting games typically pretty shit pretty garbage so just I just wanted to let you know when you use the word interesting <laughs> I read you loud and clear <laughs> you know what the Saw games are very interesting <laughs> and I am very interested in seeing and you know what um, Saga Frontier 2 is going to be a lot less demanding. It might be something that ordinary people would be interested in playing. Nope. Um, nope. No? Nope. 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 You, you, you were entirely wrong. Oh. Saga Frontier, colon, can you believe they let us make another one? <laughs> <laughs> this time it makes then, sense, we swear. And you know what's the best part is? Um, Romancing Saga on the PS2, which was a remake of the very first Super Nintendo game, is... 
um, a lot of people's favorite one. So it might be that they made like 10 games and the last one was the best one and then it ended. Um, and they're making a new one, but just that whole era <laughs> like kept getting it's, better and kept doing new things. It's a game that shuts itself off when you play too long. <laughs> no, that's Unlimited Saga, the one that came right before, which is usually regarded as the worst one. Um, <laughs> there's a worst one there's a worst one the worst one is that all the dungeons take place on a grid and every action in the on the grid um, requires rolling a roulette to determine if you succeed Fuck. and this includes attacking enemies and whatnot but also like opening doors or treasure chests <laughs> You know what and, I think these games didn't have enough of as a random chance. Also, <laughs> I'm also, glad they interpreted a bit of that. Also, you have a limited number of moves to complete each dungeon, and rolling takes a move. Oh my um, god! So I don't enjoy games that give me options and choices. I want them to be confined to shit and luck. <laughs> no, because there's so much denseness in those games with the systems. It's nuts. Um, oh, so that's unli- and Unlimited Saga also has really beautiful music and like watercolor, greedy. Oh, so better after all that bullshit. Yeah, that's the thing with SNES Romancing Saga is that it's really ugly and it sounds bad. It's really <laughs> un- sounds so- like a bang up game. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I didn't play it all the way through because it's really ugly and sounds bad and it, I couldn't. Okay, and- we could go in this circle for hours, yeah. John. Have you done anything else? No, oh, that was it. I wanted to end on a high note. You definitely did, my brother. <laughs> I was kept laughing, so I figured I didn't need to close out too much. Hey guys, I was playing a game, and it was really shitty. But it wasn't that <laughs> okay. shitty, and here's why. We have why. to move on. We have to move on. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. And Rhett, do you have any obscure, obtuse games oh. that you would like to tell us about? I resumed my quest to play every video game ever this week. Yeah, looking at this list, I can tell. <laughs> Get comfy. Uh, not a whole lot really grabbed me, though. It was just a kind of a bunch of short games that was like, oh, that was that was okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. So first I played Super Time Force Ultra. Which looks cool. cool. It's it's okay. It's oh. So it's like a Contra game. Kind of a jump and shoot Mega Man. You know, you know Mega Man. Perhaps yeah. you guys have heard of those. We've heard of a few of those, I think. What? So basically, it's kind of a contra-ish Mega Man run jump game. But when you die, you can go back in time and spawn another character who will then fight alongside your previous life. And like, there's mechanics where <laughs> if you kill the enemy that killed you before, like you can inherit the powers of the first guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's a cool setup, and they don't really do much interesting with it because a lot of times the level in enemies design don't back up the mechanics yeah it's like because it's a kind of a running gun thing like either you're hanging behind your clones and not going faster or you're getting ahead of them and having to kill the same enemies again so it's like kind of hard to make up time really hmm and then there's like there's no puzzle elements until like literally the very very end of the game because there was one part i was even just thinking like kind of as a designer i'm like well well, why don't you just have one part that branches into three paths and then you have to send a guy down each path and then like the top and the bottom will open the middle and then they literally do that at the very 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 end of the game i'm like oh well it seems like that's built for puzzles though yeah Yeah. it seems like it's like kind of like 
seems like it kind of could have been a puzzle game instead of a shooter. Mm. So the like the stages you can just play as a shooter, and if you die, you just rewind a few seconds or back to the start and just blow through everything using like five guys at once. Mm. But and then but the bosses are kind of where it really stumbles for me, where it's like you'll have a boss and it has a gigantic life bar and you have to kill it in like thirty seconds. So it's just like fighting it for thirty seconds, then rewinding, then fighting it with another character and rewinding. Fighting it with another character and rewinding, and eventually, like, you're fighting kind of the same boss, like, ten times in a row. That's the least and, interesting way they could have approached that. Yeah, pretty much. There's there's one interesting one where you drop down after defeating each phase of the boss. So none of your clones drop down, though, because they're kind of stuck in their pastime. Mm-hmm. So each phase you unlock, like, you've got... But then, again, you end up fighting it, like, 20 times in a row. But it, it, that one was cool, though, because, like, the fourth form just felt so overwhelming, and then, and then eventually by getting enough guys in there, it's like, nope, I killed it in, like, five seconds. Do you just throw enough dudes at a problem? Yeah, that's, that's the problem, is, like, you have 30 lives on every level, and you can get more. <laughs> Jeez. It's, yeah, it's like, indie games, like, shooters and stuff, they always seem to lean more towards, like, craziness now. Yeah. Mm. Like, Bro Force is definitely an example of that, where it's just, like... Fuck it, I don't know. Blow up all the pixels. And, like, this could have been an interesting puzzle game. That's the other thing in this. You start with three different characters. Like, one of them's kind of a spread shot Contra guy. One of them's a sniper with a rifle that can shoot through walls. And the other guy has a shield. Oh, good. And, and he can. <laughs> He's yeah. useful. Well, so that's the thing. He can drop, like, a barrier to protect an area for, like, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that long. But I'm thinking, oh, like. I'll use him on the bosses and like have him make a safe area and then everyone will stand will stand in it. And it just it doesn't really work that way. And like because you can use multiple of the same characters, like I'm just sitting there with Contra dude just blowing everything up. Like there was no reason to kind of play defensively. That seems like a real like a, a yeah. good idea that just kind of lost it at execution entirely. Yeah, that's a bummer. Because I just kept thinking, like, I would design, like, everything about this game differently. Where my version would have been, like, you have these three characters, but if one of them dies, you have to switch to somebody else. Yeah. Then. Kind of like Lost Vikings in a way. Yeah, basically. Oh, cool. Game's so good. Lost Vikings where all three characters play through at once. Yeah. And you have to, like, toggle between them and jump in through time. But it's just a totally different game. And it's mm. not awful because you know I do like the jump and shoots, and the the sprite art in the game. Ain't a is, few of them. <laughs> yeah, and the sprite art in the game is amazingly well done. And it's like every single level in the whole thing looks different. Like there's six different worlds, but like every level in a world, like there's three or four, will have a different theming. Mm-hmm. Like one of I can't remember. It's like the medieval stage. Like the first level is like outside a castle. Then the second level is like inside a castle. Then the third level is like going to heaven and then the first final boss is like an angel it's like there's so much art in this game it's awesome all the art yeah and it's by the it's actually i didn't know this until after i beat it so that's not why i'm ragging on it but it's by the team that made sword and sorcery oh i see but it's oh i remember that now it's very very pretty and this guy shuhei yoshida is a character yeah he was in there too i used him like once and he shoots tweets at people yeah, it was it was fucking strange. 
Because I kind of just, I got used to the starter characters, like the rifle girl and this Contra dude, and kind of didn't feel like using anybody else. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this character has a cannon that's way slower, so why am I going to use him? And, oh, this guy shoots tweets or some fucking bullshit, I'm not going to use him? <laughs> so Hashtag <it's>... shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's way funnier than the stuff it actually says in the oh, game. <laughs> so yeah, that game was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I saw some, like, there is some, like, extra unlockable stuff, but, like, that game gets weird when it goes into the deep end, where it's, like, there are things you can shoot at the end of a level and then rewind the entire level back to the start and, like, get back there within 20 seconds Mm. to, like, I don't know, like, unlock super, super secret hidden characters. It seemed strange. And not really Mm. worth the effort. No, definitely not worth the effort for a game I'm just kind of middling off. The funny thing, though, is that once you beat it, it unlocks a harder difficulty. And in that difficulty, if a character dies, you actually can't use them again until you save them with another character. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but... it's like, okay, this is an interesting mechanic, and I'm done with this game anyways, though. Because <laughs> I don't think anything else changed difficulty-wise. Right. Yeah. No problem. Uh, It'd be a real bummer if it's just way better that way, just like the whole game. I kind of think it might be. Uh I I just kind of, because I'm just kind of like, play a game, beat it, move on. Yeah. So, that game Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I I accidentally said the word. (laughs) It's interesting. Like, the accidental slight. It's interesting. (laughs) Uh, I played Zeo Drifter, which is this cute little indie Metroidvania-ish you me that. game. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, this game's neat. It's like a really kind of pared-down Metroid game. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very inspired by Metroid. Like, there's kind of bubble tiles that look very, like, Norfair in the original game. And, like, before each boss, for no other reason just to be a reference, there's, like, like the flies that come out from the ti- tunnel there you know how in metroid you had to farm for health yeah, yeah. there's those things oh. like the, the enemies come <laughs> up straight and then they fly and you shoot them and they always drop health it's just there to be a reference mm. sounds cute it's cute because the art it works with the art style and the music it's a very, very cute game uh funny thing though is like there's seven bosses in the game and they're all the same thing it's just it ke- keeps gaining attacks as you go i kind of huh. dig that yeah, I'm kind of. I kind of like that. It, it was interesting because the first time I fought it, it's like has like three attacks. Like it, when it ducks, it's going to jump, and then when it rears back, it's going to dash, or it can, can shoot three bolts at you. And I'm thinking this is very much like a boss from Hunters. Yeah, like two <laughs> And that cool. thing killed, and it killed me like five times. And I'm like, fuck, this game's hard. And it's weird because like nothing in the game was remotely challenging to that point, where it's just like enemies that move back and forth, but they're not even like in your range. And then there's this boss that just kicked my ass for a bit. But then by the end of the game, when you have all your power-ups and, like, the the one boss has, like, 15 moves now, it's very interesting, the combat. But that game, maybe, it's weird because it's so simplified, the Metroidvania-ish thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of loses itself in the middle with some backtracking because it's, mm-hmm. like... It's an insanely small game. Like, this game makes me kind of angry at how small it actually is. Like, smaller than 
stages four and on in Hunters. Mm. And for like a Metroidvania the, game, like I think yeah. the last thing you want to ever say about it is, well, it's pretty confined. It's <laughs> there isn't a whole lot to do. <laughs> yeah. It also does the um, Virtual Boy Wario Land thing, where you like jump back yeah. and forth between the background. Is that used yeah, to think, good effect? I mean, it's a cool effect, and I'm sure it was cooler on the 3DS because I think that's where this started. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like, there's not really alternate paths with that because, like, the level layout always follows the same path. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain because like the viewpoint is always looking at the foreground, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? I just kind of losing my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. So, a lot of the game, though, it kind of feels like almost a Mega Man-ish thing, where, like, once you're on the right path towards the next boss, like, there's very few diversions and just kind of going through a level. And then having to re-trek through that stuff more than once kind of drags the pacing way down. Mm-hmm. And that game is really hard, and then the final boss is very strange for what is a super cute game and you've you fought this one enemy in various colors like seven times then all of a sudden it goes into nightmare the goes into nightmare mode like he sucks you into his brain and then you go through this like kind of hellscape almost like what's that inversion game on steam yeah like it's, inversion it's kind of, yeah inversion like, inversion it's like dark and there's like the screen is sh- shaking about and there's like green tentacles and then you find the boss and it's just sitting there like bleeding out oh jeez and you shoot it and it, the game ends and then it has this super happy ending and you're like yay you, <laughs> you beat the game i'm like i'm just like sitting there like what the fuck happened like this is red <laughs> it's like redder all over again <laughs> that, that sounds like the shitty alternate ending we just came up with for the last of us <laughs> It's just like, because the whole game was just like, oh, I'm out of fuel. I will go ransack these planets and kill all the aliens. And then it's just, <laughs> it left me very conflicted at the end. <laughs> Especially yeah. when it start, like, started playing the Happy Chipper music, like, you win, you beat the game. I, was like, I, I shot at that thing. <laughs> the boss feel- lays there bleeding out, <laughs> coughing up its own blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for just kind of spoiling it, feeling... but, but man, that was yeah, a fucked but... up ending. <laughs> so didn't really feel confident that the game was aware of how fucked up it was. I think they had to be though. Once I, because like it was weird because when I was playing it, when I saw him there, I like twitch shot him immediately, and then he blew up and dead was dead. I'm like, oh, should I not have shot him? <laughs> and then I went back <laughs> and watched the NLP, and they they hesitated, and you just see him, and he's like. He's like breathing heavy and there's blood and it's like, oh my god. Like yeah. it's this cute little art style though. It's just like you don't draw that by accident. <laughs> yeah. Without trying to evoke an emotion from the player. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. So that was a cute little game. Speaking of cute little <laughs> games <laughs> I played Shower with your dad simulator twenty. Now we're talking. Oh, yeah! yeah. Now this podcast is getting good. I speak my language. Just zip this skirt off. Hold on. Uh, so I was listening. To... <laughs> I'm trying to move along here. I'm just listening to the Jimquisition, and they started talking about this game. And Jim basically goes, 
So did you expect the part where it turns into a space shoot 'em up and I'm just like, nope, I'm turning this off and buying this game. <laughs> it's basically this is a game that wants to be Frog Fractions too. Oh. Like really badly. It sounds like for me, like even just from the name, it always sounded like it might be trying a little too damn hard. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. A friend of so, mine wrote a piece on it and said something to the effect of they keep making fun of things by putting Sim in the title. Yeah. I've seen more ironic uses of Sim than I've ever seen actually in game oh, types. Go to, go to Germany. They do have a shitload of simulator stuff. Yeah. Oh, right. But anyways, so like there's three modes in this game and like two of them are basically like you play as a little kid and you have to find the matching dad and it's just like a very simple kind of dumb game. And then the third mode is called, like, Dad Divisions. Uh-huh. So it's already oh. this Frog Fractions-y I thing. see, yeah. And But, like, you're the kid and you're, like, pointing kind of like the tongue reached out. Like, your arm is just getting super long and you're pointing towards your dad in that one. Okay. So basically, the game is not that great. And then every once in a while, in, basically, in, there's those three modes and then each of them has, like, a hidden unlockable that will just happen at random. Oh, good. And those games are fucking strange. <laughs> Basically, one of them is like a survival fight against a ninja clan. Uh, one of them is like a space shoot 'em up that turns into you riding in a tub fighting like Nazis or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's like an ad- straight up an adventure game. So. Okay. It's, 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 it really wants to be Frog Factions too, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh. But then there's this weird kind of consistent humor with everybody just not wearing pants, no matter <laughs> what. Just like this podcast. So, like, yes. the adventure game part is, like, you're playing yes. as, as a detective, and there's another detective with you, and they're just talking, and they're not wearing pants. <laughs> it's weird. And then there's, like, a part where you can enter a password, and no one knows what the password is yet, and nobody's gotten, like, all the Steam achievements. Oh my god. And somebody like opened like the files for the game mm-hmm. and there's like a variable that says like found your true dad equals zero and like if you change it to one, like the game yells at you. <laughs> what? So nobody, nobody knows how to find your true dad yet. <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's impossible. Some people are still wondering, like, is this Frog Fractions too? But apparently not. They're just like friends. Ah, I see. And like there's random kinda interstitials when you start a mode mm-hmm. and the first one i got was a goddamn frog oh. i'm like oh okay a little on the nose there guy yeah <laughs> but i think that stuff is random i mean so this game's like a buck literally it's like 99 cents on steam so i don't feel ripped off it's just like maybe temper your expectations if you're going mm-hmm. in looking for frog fractions too mm-hmm. uh and then speaking of cheap games on steam <laughs> i played gunman clive 2 oh, I, yeah. I really like the first one well then, you'll love the second one because it's probably way better. I played uh, I played uh, first couple of stages of it earlier today, and yeah. my feeling was like Gunman Clive is Contra, Gunman Clive Two is Super C. Interesting, rad. That's exactly how it felt to me, anyway. Because I kind of thought they were both Mega Man, but whatever. <laughs> well, they're, they're oh, very what? they're very similar to Mega Man. Uh, it's yeah. like Contra slash Mega Man, really. Gunman Clive weirdly feels more like the Game Boy Mega Man's than it does the NES Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. Which is strange that there's even a distinction, but here we are. 
Yeah. Yeah, so... The, the Game Boy Mega Man's definitely have their very unique feel to them. Cool. So Gunman Clive, too. Sorry. Yeah, it's just, it's more of what you liked about the first one. Yeah, and that, that art style is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. in color now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it, they star- do... it started with purple, which made me instantly happy. <laughs> True. Yeah, like, that game is just more and bigger and kind of, like expanded in scope and like it doesn't seem to take itself nearly as seriously as the first one like the first one got stupid at the end when you're like in outer space yeah this one kind of has that kind of right off the bat yeah giant mech giant mech and then like enemies from earlier in the game will show up later even though they seem totally out of place but just as Mm -hmm. a good enemy Mm -hmm. like like I'm in the last stage and there's just an owl there and it's like what the fuck are you doing here (laughs) I like um, that there's a freak, <laughs> there's a freaking melee character in the second one. Yeah, I haven't played with anybody. Yeah, I haven't played as him yet. I just beat the game as Clive the other day. Mm. This is the first time I actually played as the guy before the girl. Oh wow! Because when I played Gunman Clive one, I played just, as the girl first, and she has like the hover jump, and she's a, it's just insanely broken for that game. Yeah, she's so an that, unlockable. Uh-huh. She's an unlockable. In the original uh, 3DS version. Oh, weird. You have to unlock her. So, But, like, on the Steam, she's just unlocked by default. Huh. Yeah, so I played as her first, and then when I, when I went back to Clive, I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> so this time I was like, I'll play as Clive first so I don't get spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chieftain, Chieftain Bob is pretty cool, though. Uh, it's interesting that you would hmm. see. I, I'm interested in seeing how they balance the rest of the game around him, though, but I'm, I'm going to finish it with Clive first. Yeah. The first game had, like, duck mode, and that returns where I think you can just get through the whole game without killing anything, yeah. so... Which makes me think a melee character will be fine. And you're an actual duck, by the way, in, in duck mode. You, yes, you, just... you play as a duck. <laughs> That's fantastic. I like ducks. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> me too! I just, I just wanted to... Get... Ducks are great! <laughs> well, ducks are great, right? I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna argue. I'm pretty fond of games where you just I've play got a, as I've got a pretty I've, animals. I, I could throw a woohoo or two for some ducks. I don't know. Dwelling Dark Legacy had a code where you could play as a chicken, and that was there you the go. best part of the game. Chickens are great. So yeah, Gunman Clive Two. Just oh, and there's one thing, one little spoiler about Gunman Clive Two. There's fucking Star Fox levels. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, there is like. Amazing. Yeah, there's a there's flying stuff you go into right after the first stage. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's weird because it's not really the first stage, which you'll realize later. Like it's just kind of one long continuous thing. Yeah. Like it's just listed as like twenty five stages or whatever. Yeah. Like it, the first game was very rigidly like three levels, then a boss, three levels, then a boss. Yeah. Like this one is just like a world tour, mm. and. Just a lot better kind of boss and enemy variety in this one. Cool. Even cool. though there's still like, like the what do you call it, bandit enemies just yeah. are still showing up by the end for no reason. It's so silly. They're like, we're in outer space now. What are you doing? <laughs> Why is there an owl here? I like owls. Oh, they're fuckers in this game though. They take like four shots, and then you feel bad for shooting an owl. <laughs> I think John is the I like turtles kid. <laughs> I like owls. Oh my god. <laughs> I do like owls. You said it so sadly. <laughs> I do like owls. What else you doing, Rhett? 
Uh, I played some other games, but we're going long here, so I just want to mention I played the demo for Tearaway Unfolded. Uh-huh. That's the it's a PS4 port of the Vita game Tearaway. Mm-hmm. And that game seems fucking incredible. Like, have you guys heard about how much people love the original game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that oh. game seems really, really good. Like uh-huh. it's so incredible looking. Like, you know how I raved about Puppeteer last year? Yeah, yeah. Like this does for Papercraft what that game did for puppeteering and stuff. Where Very you're cool. just you're wandering around this 3D world and like it's anime like this the world itself is like animated at like 15 frames a second or maybe lower. Mm-hmm. But the camera's moving at 30, so it just it looks weird, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it feels realer than anything I've seen in a while. And it was like almost giving me like these Mario 64 vibes of like, I want to explore everything here. This is magical. Very so, cool. Very That's cool. really cool. And the demo was a lot longer than expected. Well, I think that game's still a ways out, isn't it? No, it's out. Oh, it's that's, out already? That's the oh. fucking thing. It's going to get buried again because it comes out in between Metal Gear Solid 5 and Mario Maker. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it just came good out this call. Tuesday or something. Oh, jeez. When you're an indie game, can't you release, like, whenever and no one's going to This really is, like, bitch? funded by Sony, though. Oh, yeah. like, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Like, they have buried this game, like, twice now, and yeah. I feel really bad. Woof. So you've got to buy it. To make them not feel bad. I, I, I ain't paying $40 for a fucking Jesus dude. Christ! <laughs> that's a bit much. So that's what I've been up to. Cool. Uh, I've been up to a few things myself. Believe it or not. I'm a person that gets into and does things. Um, uh, I finished that playthrough of uh, Fantasy Star 2 uh, that, that I alluded to a couple weeks ago. And it, it basically was as I predicted. You know, it's like, yeah, the dungeons got a lot bigger and more annoying. <laughs> and it basically, by the time it got to the end, I was just glad it was over. But I still think that Fantasy Star 2 is, like, worth a play. Um, but if you want to play, like, a really, really, really good RPG, <laughs> you probably just play Fantasy Star 4 instead. Um, yeah. Speaking of, uh, me and Boner kicked off our uh, Let's Play proper uh, of uh, Fantasy Star 4 over on uh, my channel that I don't remember the name of on YouTube. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know my YouTube username. Um, I think it's maybe I... SMPS Vids or something. Oh, yeah. It is kind of. I think it's Poly SMPS. It might. I don't I, yeah, it's Poly think... SMPS. Well, whatever it is, you can go find it somewhere I'm on looking the shore. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, we started doing that. We're co-oping it. We're like, you know, I'll play a batch and then he plays a batch and we're both bickering back and forth over it because, you know, we know Fantasy Star so well. Um, but that's proving to be really fun. Uh, we're recording another batch Sunday. So, um, so how many do you have done so far? Was it seven? We got seven episodes done on our uh, first one and we're posting them Monday through Friday. So, Oh, yeah. cool. I saw you having fun in the basement last time. Oh yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a real good episode. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that game, it's still super good. Um, I, I wasn't sure if it would hold up given, you know, like recently coming off of Chrono Trigger uh, and doing that stream for as long as I was. Um, but, uh, yeah, Fantasy Star 4 is still proving to be really great, and I can't wait to get back into it uh, Sunday and you know start cranking out more episodes for people to like. People seem to be liking it, so we'll keep doing it. I, I don't suppose. think I ever knew how to properly do combos till now. 
Yeah, it's it's a really convoluted system, and uh, there's weird math behind it that me and Boner don't know at all, and we're probably <laughs> not going to use combo attacks for probably the rest of this <laughs> fucking oh, series. Great. But even um, just putting them in macros, like, oh, yeah, you gotta like, <laughs> you've got to queue up a macro of th- you know three or more characters um, that have specific attacks, and then if the agility numbers match up right, that attack might go off. That's... Um, but the only one that like we I knew off the top of my head was for Tri Blaster, which is just uh, Foy, Watt, and Sue, and you use those together, and you just do this big crazy beam attack that kills everything <laughs> for the first half of the game. Um. I want to patch that game that changes everything back to PSO terms. That's what I keep referring to everything as. Because <laughs> I'm so confused. Like, like you were saying, like, what is Gra? And, and like, I thought it was Grants because I've played Fantasy Star Online a hell of a lot more than I have played the you know normal yeah. Fantasy Star games. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but yeah, that, that game's awesome. Um, and now. <laughs> it's time for that part of the podcast everybody loves. Polly's boring music discussion part thing where everybody immediately stops listening. <laughs> um, we've already put Karasu to sleep. Um, so It is it is almost 1 a.m., so... Yeah. Don't tell them that. There's magic here, and you're ruining it, Rhett! We recorded this at 3 p.m. All, all three hours of it at 3 p.m. <laughs> um, but, um... So... I, I'm I'm sure that's only me and Rhett here who have heard of uh-huh. the, the Deer Hunter. Um, I discovered them while they were touring with Coheed and Cambria a couple years ago, and then and then I discovered Thank You Scientist, uh, another band that was touring with Coheed and Cambria a year later. So it turns out Coheed and Cambria, if they're touring with somebody, I'm probably going to listen to them. <laughs> um, but uh, they put out a new uh, album, Act Four: Rebirth and Reprise. Um, as you can as you can tell just by the name, it is a very up its own ass concept album by a prog rock <laughs> band. Um, but it's really, really, really good. It might be my album of the year. Um, it's in, just, a, in a stacked year. In a very stacked year. This has been a crazy year for really good music if you're into basically anything (laughs) anything there's probably been something out there for you um but this is a really just amazing record you know like he's always tried to put together these really cinematic sounding albums based on this one large concept which is very similar to what coheed and cambria does they have a fiction that goes to their music but it's not necessary that you understand that to enjoy it uh, and I think it's the same way with the Deer Hunter, um, but uh, I think that like all of his albums, they have a point where they kind of just lull or middle around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're talking about the color spectrum and migrant, oh. we're talking about a lot of miss and not a lot of hit. Um, which those were the last couple of albums that he's done, and I was starting to kind of, I guess, lose a little faith in his ability to kind of put out consistently good music. But then. Um, Act 4 is just, from start to finish, one of the finest pieces of progressive rock I think I've heard in a very long time. Um, I, I, I very, very, very favorably uh, compare this album to <gasps> Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star of War, Volume 1 from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness uh, by Coheed and Cambria, <laughs> uh, which is my favorite um, concept album probably ever. Um, I think that it's just... 
it's an album that I can't listen to one part of and just be satisfied. Like, I want to hear the whole thing start to finish because it has a flow and a cohesion between all of the tracks and how it just goes from start to finish. It doesn't feel like it's a 78-minute album at all because you start it and, you know, you're enjoying it and then it's over and it's like that that did not feel like almost 80 minutes. But, um yeah. It's it is just a fantastic album and if you're into like just an artist that's going for a lot of different styles on one album but it doesn't sound disjointed at all um I would definitely check out this album. I don't think that, you know, you need to have heard earlier Deer Hunter records for this one to really click with you if you just like good music. Uh what did you think, Rhett? Uh on first listen, I listened to the whole thing in one sitting and I was just like overwhelmed yeah there's a lot there's so much going on and just like even now kind of having listened to it like five times like i'm still not kind of remembering individual songs it's just as one gigantic piece right now still yeah yeah like sometimes like moments of it will just pop into my head randomly and i'll start humming along or something Mm -hmm. but like don't know any of the song names or individual tracks it's just one massive thing to comprehend yeah it's 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 a lot to wrap your head around um just musically because there's so many just you know there's so much great instrumentation and like the production is really really good which i'm really glad because I yeah was, i was certainly hoping that like oh please don't be mixed terribly please don't be mastered terribly and it's really just like you know it's still got some loudness to it but everything sits where it should in the mix and it sounds really good on headphones as well. Um, but yeah, that's just, wow. Like I thought, you know, faith no more's, uh, soul Invictus might be my album of the year. Um, but it's got some pretty sturdy competition with, uh, this new deer hunter record. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be listening to this one for quite a while. Like it's, it's the only thing I've listened to for the past week. And you know, well that and I threw on, uh, that coheed record as well because i mean I, I, to me like these albums are so similar into not only how well they handle their concepts but just like the the songs themselves are so just consistently good um there's not there's not a track to skip on uh, either one so there's that um but i also played this uh, uh i i fucking played a shitload of metal gear solid 5 let me tell you what Um, that game came out on the first and I've played about 73 hours of it. And I kind of like, I kind of wish I was playing it right now because, (laughs) because as Jeff Gerstmann put it, uh, on, uh, this past week's bomb cast, there are trucks out there driving around without balloons (laughs) attached to them. And I need to be the one that fixes that problem. Um, uh, I'm playing it on PS3, so if you are at all worried about how this game might perform, don't be. Um, it's obviously very. It's obviously a game that is stretching the system to its limits, but uh, and there are some bits where yeah, there's some frame jankiness. But to, but uh, in my experience, that's only been during cutscenes, of which there are not very many. Um, but this <laughs> is primarily. Solid game. Pardon. Are you sure this is a Metal Gear Solid game? Yeah. Not at all, actually, because when you play it... it Peace Walker 2. It it is essentially Peace Walker 2, except it takes place in a big open world. Um, You've got two large open world maps that 
you get to run around and play in and um the the stealth mechanics are incredible running and gunning your way through the game as well is is an option and it is also incredible the game gives you tons of tools to do both um but good lord um i guess to start off with the the, the story stuff i'm finding just it there's mm. none of it i guess <laughs> like in, in the you know in the 71 73 hours that i have played this game i dare say there have been under 30 minutes of cutscenes jeez and like, and I really am understanding the decision to cast Kiefer Sutherland less and less. Even though I think he plays Big Boss very well, I like his performances. It's just in these pivotal scenes, he is a mute. He's just standing there, like, and these other people are bickering around him, and it's like, it makes no logical sense to me because. The, the two points of contention in the story are almost always going to be Ocelot and uh, McDonald Miller, Kazuhira Miller, whatever they're calling him in this game. And it's these two always bickering back and forth about what you should be doing at Mother Base, but Big Boss is supposed to be, you know, the big boss of the whole <laughs> operation. So he's not interjecting himself in any way, and it's just like everybody else is making these big changing sweeping decisions and it's just like this it's so weird that like he's standing there mute the whole time and the only time you're really hearing him talk like much at all is in these cassette tapes that are given to you either you know during before or after missions where you're supposed to like go in and listen to people talk and it's an interesting way to kind of get past the codec thing which i know that a lot of people aren't a big fan of how it's just kind of talking heads, but this is kind of essentially the same thing only with a different rapper. And it's just like, I'm just so confused as to how such a story rich series is, is like, if this is the game it's going out on, it's going out on such a weirdly non narrative note. Um, because like none of the story missions really feel connected to, like your redemption as big boss in this game at all or the revenge he's trying to you know to seek against what you know, the people that did what they did in ground zeros um and it's just so weird like i'm hoping that there's an explanation or something as to why <laughs> he is the way he is but i i'm thinking really they just could not afford this guy and it was too late to unpull the trigger um uh, but as far yeah. as, as as an actual game, I think that this might be the most fun I've had in an open world. Uh, there's just so many ways to go about carrying out any mission in the game. You are literally given the freedom to do almost everything. You know, they don't complicate the matter at all. They rarely ever tell you. They rarely ever make suggestions about how you should approach an, you know an ob an objective. It's just like we're gonna drop you into the hot zone. Here's the thing you need to do go do it however you want to do it and there's just so many ways to go about doing that um and i'm finding that like those big story missions like they they can take a while and they're really involved and fun and can span a very large portion of uh either map uh so it's always kind of fun to go in and look at the end result it's just like jesus christ that mission was an hour and a half and you didn't even feel like it because you were just kind of like 
you know, thinking on your feet, adapting to a situation, and, you know, the game really encourages a lot of playing around with its mechanics and poking at what will and won't work and playing around with the guard's AI, using anything that you can think of, and even if you're discovered, it's not really that bad. Um, you can either shoot your way out, or there's a lot of ways to make a hasty retreat to regroup and let the, the base just go on alert so you can re-infiltrate, or you can smoke a cigar to pass time and let things calm down a bit. Uh, so it just really is like throwing a lot of power into your hands into how you want to approach any given situation, and I think that that's really what makes this game fun. Um, it brings back the base building elements from Peace Walker, which... I was not a big fan of it first. It felt tedious. It was kind of dampening, like, my enjoyment of the game. But uh, a lot of that kind of gets set to automated once you start collecting more and more dudes. Because the game basically, like, when you, like, when you Fulton in dudes from the field, which is, you, you basically, you can run up to anything and put a balloon on it, shoot it up into the sky, <laughs> and you, you suddenly own it. <laughs> which is, it never gets old. Um, and there, there's an upgrade later that lets you skip the balloon part entirely and it just sucks people up through a teleporter because why what? fucking not? Yep. <laughs> because why not? Can you just teleport a tank? Yes. There's nothing more satisfying than sneaking up on a guard post that's got two tanks and then just like sneaking up behind the tank, attaching a balloon to its back and watching it fly the fuck off. <laughs> That's and it's always amazing. and it's always amazing like the, my favorite thing to do is like is to get uh, jeeps to stop at guard posts so I'll like do something like fire a pot shot at their wheel or something with uh, my tranquilizer dart and they'll just they'll stop the jeep and get really suspicious and look around and while they're like kind of like looking at each other like what the fuck was that I'll sneak up behind their jeep attach a Fulton balloon to it and it shoots the jeep as well as all four dudes up and you get the <laughs> and they are yours to grow your own mother base with uh, so the, the oh, game takes care of assigning dudes to the appropriate apartments they need to that they're best suited to, so you don't have to be involved with a lot of that. The only thing you really have to manage is uh, sending... Um, there's a... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called in this game, but they were called sci uh, they were called Outer Ops in... Uh, oh, is it FOB? Uh, Forward no, Operating Base? No, that's the online oh, portion, which okay, I haven't sorry. messed with. Uh, but this is uh, sort of the outer ops where you you select a, a unit of dudes to send off, and then like the game just runs some math, and it's like you either succeeded or you didn't. So you manage that stuff. You manage like what you build, what you research. You know, like what weapons do I want? Like you know, is, is my R and D level high enough? If not, let's go out in the field and pull some more. Let's balloon some more dudes in. See if they're gonna have what it takes <laughs> to help me research that cool new sniper rifle I want. Um, but good lord, there's so much to this game. It's so huge. There's so much depth. It's overwhelming at first. Um, it, 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 it's, it, it literally hurt my brain to play the first few days because you're given so many options to start out. Like, it doesn't really, like, it, it doesn't ease you into the experience at all. It's just like, here's some stuff. Go have fun. Go do it. You can build it however you want. We don't care. Just do whatever you want. Um... And, and it's just such a stark contrast when you consider what Metal Gear Solid games have been in the past, where there's these this very linear experiences. You know, even like Metal Gear Solid 4, which was, you know, a pretty wide open game in a lot of, in a lot of respects, it's still very linear and still there were a lot of definitive ways to take care of situations. But, you know, Metal Gear Solid 5 is just like, 
there doesn't seem to be a lot of limits to how you can handle um, pretty much anything so far. And I'm pretty damn far into the game now. I've done 23 story missions, I think. Um, and I don't know if it's winding down or not, because that's how absent the story is. It's a long game from um, what I've read. But good lord, like the fact that I've got 73 hours in it now is just kind of ridiculous because it's just like if you add up my best time completions of all the Metal Gear games, it's like <laughs> one-seventh of that or something. It's just really <laughs> ridiculous that it's, it's it, hard to talk about all of this game like at once off the top of your head. It sounds like just like the polar opposite of four. It really it's like, is. How are these even part of the same series? God. Especially for people who skipped Peace Walker. Peace Walker. Yeah, if you skipped Peace Walker, you're going to be not only lost from a narrative standpoint, but just the mechanics of the whole Fultoning people in with your balloons and managing your mother base. Like, all of that stuff, like... You know, like, I'm sure that I'll have my thoughts a lot more organized on it by the time yeah. I actually complete it. Because, but like, right now, I'm just still in that shock of, good God, this game's big, and I don't know what <laughs> to talk about first. <laughs> um, but I I'm definitely enjoying it. it. It's just, it really is great. And like I said, yeah, like, the you know, the PC and next-gen console versions might run better. But if you are on a last-gen console like me and you aren't too worried about it, you aren't worried about not running at 60 frames a second. You know, I don't know, man. If you're not a total butt shit idiot. <laughs> um, I played some Ground Zeroes this week, and it's pretty nice. It, it is nice. <laughs> I will admit, playing that game at a solid 60, it's super slick, and it's really nice looking, but it, you're not losing much any of the experience. Yeah. Like the, 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 the previous generation versions have all the content that the next generations do. There are no features cut like the uh, that uh, Shadows Mor of Mordor, yeah. which completely like like the the previous generation versions completely removed the only reason you'd play that <laughs> game in the first place, which is the Nemesis system. Um, but like, that's what you get with a lot of like you know cross generation games like that. Is like the the older consoles kind of get shafted in terms of features, yeah. but this game is feature for feature with the bigger versions of the game and i'm just still having pretty big blast with it, with it i'm sure you know i'll have completed it by the time we do another podcast so uh i'll have a lot more to say about it once i'm I able to kind of what if it ends up being like 300 hours long Good lord <laughs> i don't think it's that time. long guys i don't think i'm ever gonna finish this game <laughs> <laughs> guys i don't i'm starting to think this game just doesn't end <laughs> I'm starting to think that this is an 80s arcade game, and I just looped it somehow. Kojima has come up with the most brilliant idea ever. A game that you buy that can never end. Forever. That was his final fuck you to Konami before leaving. <laughs> They're still Funny. working on it right now. <laughs> Someone's on Mission 800, we gotta make a new one. Oh, but good lord, yeah. Um, I'm having a great bit of fun with that game. Uh I'll I'll be able to organize my thoughts better once I've seen some kind of finality to what it, I'm doing. Is it not repetitive? Like, 73 hours is so much. I find so many things to get into. Like, sometimes I just go down onto the field without a mission at all and go, like, what do I want to do? I want to go fuck with that outpost over there. <laughs> or, or there was this camp that I had to infiltrate earlier in the game that gave me a lot of problems, and I ended up hating it. So I will just stand outside their gates and keep calling in airstrikes against them because <laughs> I'm a dick. 
It's like, fuck you. You're going to make the early game hard for me. I'm going to come back and I'm going to pay you in spades. It's going to cost <laughs> a lot of resources for me to do this, but I'm just going to keep dropping air raids on you until I'm satisfied. So yeah, Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> it's awesome. That's what I've been into. Rhett, awesome. do we have any news? Um, we have release dates. We have a lot of release dates for very exciting things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows is out September 17th. Oh, man. That is that's, awesome. That that's is a bad. week from now. That is a week less than a week from now. And it's free. And it's free for people who have God. Shovel Knight. Oh, by the way, um, I don't want to make this any much longer, but did you guys talk about the uh, the reveal that they're releasing a Shovel Knight Amiibo? Yep. Oh, sorry. Oh, we, talked, we talked about it last time. Forget yeah. that, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I, I want it, but I also, I only want the Trouple King plushie, which I ordered. <laughs> Because he sings! Oh my god. I didn't know that. I need to buy that. <laughs> yes, there's a Trowel King plushie. I will I'll link you after we're done here. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm always excited for more reasons to play Shovel Knight. So this update, like playing it in an entirely new way is going to be really cool and really fascinating. Yeah. Excited for that. You want to read the next one? The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Afterbirth is releasing October 30th. I am super stoked. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows <laughs> I'm kind of super into The Binding of Isaac and The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. And that game's really, really great. And yep. That's basically all I'm going to be doing for the rest <laughs> of the year once that comes out. So I've got to, I've got to put the kibosh on Metal Gear at some point. What else cool. do we have? Uh... Cave, who makes like Dodo and Patchy and all those crazy shmups, they're bringing those stuff, that stuff to Steam. Good okay. games. I don't know. I don't think they've actually said what games. Oh, okay. But it was just like there was this thread on NeoGAF from like a year ago, and it seemed like they were on the brink of going out of business. Yeah. And now this news pops up, and it's official. And it's like, oh, cool. Maybe they won't die. Apparently, the phone versions of those games that they did pulled their ass out of the water. Wow. I noticed. I've heard, that, I've heard I, those versions are actually good. Yeah, yeah. I played a couple of demos and I just thought about buying them. They're really good. Them. It's like how do you play on a, a on a phone? Yeah, you put your finger down on the screen and then move it, and then, and you then block it. The, but well, those games you have to. You can. You put the fingers far up out of the way of your character, and then it just moves the character with your finger. Because those games in particular kind of mm. need some precision. Yeah, yeah. you don't drag the actual ship. You, you put your finger up out of the way on the screen somewhere. It's still blocking some of it. And then move it around. Huh. It's just, I just got to wonder how you're going to do, like, micro and macro dodges through, like, tiny little <laughs> bullet streams that... Just I, tilting your finger. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. But, hey, you know, I, I like shmups. I, I don't think like anything... Like, I need to PC. I don't. I don't think. I don't, control. I don't think anything's going to top my list as much as Crimson Clover World Ignition right now. But that one's really good. Yeah, if you want to play a really great shmup, Crimson Clover is so good. Yeah, Rad. Just shmups in general have been kind of lackluster on Steam until that one. Yeah, like Jamestown is good, but like, it's not on the level of some of the arcade games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jamestown. Like Jamestown something. is more of a. A, beginners. A it's a beginner shmup that's really kind of introducing you to the mechanics and it's not really bullet helly in any way but, but it kind of it kind of looks like those games though yeah yeah it helps give you an idea of what you could be in for should you want to explore the genre yeah. even more 
it was just weird on Steam when like the only real shmup was the beginner one. It's like, okay, well, what's next? Oh, nothing. <laughs> uh, and then final news: Dragon's Dogma is coming to PC. I haven't Me? played it. Woo! I haven't either. I haven't either. I sure haven't, so that makes around four, so <laughs> fuck it. It was probably garbage. There you go. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or, or, that's four potential sales. It's four potential. Okay, I wanted to play this game when I got a PS3 until I found out the frame rate on the console versions is like 20 with, dip, with dips. It's like a super overambitious game that never really fit on the consoles. Yeah. And it now wasn't it's going to get this de- definitive edition that like they've said the frame rate will be Yeah, I'm better. not trying to be I'm not trying to be a snobby PC person here. It's just that game like it yeah. in no way seemed conceivable on the hardware that it was uh originally released on. So yeah. the fact that it's getting, you know, this kind of gussied up version that hopefully isn't just pooped out by Capcom. Uh hopefully yeah. there's actually a good development house on it. Mm-hmm. I think Something about like their in-house stuff runs on this one engine that yeah. is because they've done super good PC ports before. Like Devil May Cry Four was yeah. real good. I think Dead Rising was good as well. I mm-hmm. haven't played those, but yeah, I played the demo for one of the Dragon's Dogma games on PS3, and it like made me kind of sick. Oh, like, yeah, that's kind of the frame rate was just so bad on those. It was disappointing. So that's. It for news. That's it for news. Well, I guess we're gonna go ahead. Um, we're gonna do questions um, this week, but we are running really long. It's really <laughs> late. So what we're gonna do is uh, the next episode, we're going to compile the questions that we got now, and we're gonna send another call out for questions um, uh, before the next episode, and we're gonna handle all of those uh, uh, on the next episode. It'll be a question spectacular from all of you. How's that? SMBS that like- mailbag. Yeah, uh, you can uh, you can you can uh, send us uh, stuff off to you can uh, tweet a question to at SMPS underscore updates, or send uh, an email off to podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy dot net uh, if you want to hear Rhett read all of your personal questions. He wants to really answer yeah. those personal questions. By the way, if you have erectile dysfunction, this is definitely <laughs> the uh, this is the, this is the network that you need. to We've got the advice through. for you. Um, so with that. We're going to wind it down. Samurai Karasu, I want to thank you for being a good sport and uh, agreeing to come on a podcast with a bunch of people you didn't even know and <laughs> being like just, like, the most fun we've had in a long time. Oh, heck. I'm I'm happy to, to goof around, boys. Thank you for having me I had on. a really nice time. Um, uh, where can we find you if we want to keep up with you? Oh, Jesus. Um... I don't know. Leave comments on the blog if you got anything to say. Even if it's like, Jesus Christ, this sucks. I'm cool. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck it. Why not? Um, you can check me out on my YouTube channel. It's uh, that embarrassing embarrassing name dot jpeg at youtube dot com or however YouTube poorly <laughs> manages your name now. And uh, keep me in your thoughts. I'm also on Twitter and not keeping up with it very well. Uh, so much so that I don't even remember what my Twitter handle is. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Fuck, I don't want to keep this going any longer. Just a <laughs> uh, Oh, Jesus Christ, that was easy. I didn't remember that. At MMPR blog. Uh, that's me. And I update healthily at about maybe once every three weeks. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. 
It's okay. Tra- social I'll media tra- is is dumb. So social media is great if you can if you're good at it and can maintain it and can get a following. Yeah. I can do none of those things. So as it turns out, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, John Thayer, where can we find you? Um, farawaytimes.com. Rhett. N3.tumblr.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably got it off my dumb website, you idiot. So <laughs> you can find me there. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. <laughs>